Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show dedicated to giving you behind-the-scenes access into the lives of your favorite players. Today, David Carpenter joins the show to talk about his experiences at all levels of baseball, his love for cars, and getting stuck on a minor league bus for way too long. I'm your host, Trevor Bauer, and this is the Bauer Bites Podcast. What's up, buddy? What's up, dude? Good to see you. Good Thanks to see for having you. me. I like this shirt. Not a bad place you got here either. Yeah. Yeah. Airbnb treats you good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Airbnb, baby. Best place. Where'd you uh where'd you come by where'd you come by that shirt? Actually was down in Atlanta and uh kind of picked it up at the uh baseballism store right there at the battery. Oh that's a baseballism shirt. Oh something like it, yeah. That's sweet. Little Mike Tyson punch out with the umpires. We'll roll <laughs> yeah, with it. Yeah, that's such a good baseball shirt. I like that. I like that a lot. How's life? Can't complain. Yep. Out here, spring training. It's warm. A lot warmer than back home. Okay. No snow. Were, were you uh, were you out here in the beginning when it was freezing? Yes. It was like forty degrees in the mornings. Yeah. Yeah. Really that's enjoyed nice, that. Uh, there's like snow. I, I'm driving to the field, and there's snow. <laughs> on the mountains. I'm like, where am I? It was ridiculous. Were you in Seattle? Is that uh, where we thought we were? Thought, that's where I thought we were. No, it was crazy. We had practices or whatever workouts pushed back till 11 because like trying to let the fields thaw. <laughs> They're like, well, we got a tarp in case it rains, but. Uh, you guys actually have a tarp over there. Yeah. That's a first for Arizona, at least. Right. Because I, I know we were joking about they were going to probably have to uh, go to Walmart and get a bunch of the tarps together. Yeah. Just kind of duct tape them and try to. <laughs> are we going to put this important part right here by the mound and maybe by the plate? See if this they works. got the uh, the rivets in them. You have to like duct tape over them <laughs> yeah. so the water can't get through the rivets. <laughs> Good send. Good send. Yeah, yeah, that would have been great. Um, that's pretty pretty crazy. I'm not used to that, but where are you staying out here? Actually, staying team hotel right over by uh, by the stadium. That's Holiday sick. Inn Express. Dude, that's my jam. <laughs> I, when, I, when I travel, I'm like, all right, I got to stay somewhere. I don't know any, any hotels. Uh, Holiday Inn Express. Oh, looks good. It's immediate go-to. <laughs> you can't lose with them. You can't lose. Yeah. Now, you get the old Holiday Inn. It's just the regular Holiday Inn. Eh, flip the coin on that right. one. I don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. The Expresses are good, though. Where's that, where's that at? It's Is actually it? right off of, I think it's Bell Road. <laughs> Care packaging coming. <laughs> Kill streak achieved. Yeah. Chopper gunner miles. inbound. Yeah. Uh, so, you're, but you're up in, uh, is that in Surprise? Yeah, it's right there in Surprise. Literally, it's right across or off of Bell Road. So, the best part yeah. about it is now they actually have an in and out there. So, I'm okay with that because I don't have that stuff back, you know, back yeah. where I'm at. Are they getting those in Texas now, too? I don't know, because Whataburger dominates Texas, right? And so I think there's like... It's kind of like Chick-fil-A in the South. It just dominates. Yeah. Like, you can't really put anything else in there because you're... Excuse me. Monopoly. But, um, dude, I was there the first year they opened up the Surprise Complex. I played there. Oof. Yeah, with Bukel, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we played on a, uh, like, a junior Olympic team. Okay. Um, I was... 16 or something uh he was a year younger and we came out to arizona for this like junior olympic tournament right 
So we're in, we stay like whatever hotel we stay at. It's, the, the hotel we stay at is no longer even a hotel. It's I like a, that. yeah, it's like a um, like a old folks home or something like that, you know. Uh, but anyway, so we drive. We get like, oh, we're gonna play at this you know facility, the Rangers place. We're like, all right. So we go to drive, and it's like 45 minutes through the <laughs> middle of the desert. There's like 800 tumbleweeds. Dirt is like covering the road. We're yep. like, where the heck did they build this place? And then like off in the distance, you just like super tiny little mm -hmm. lights. And you're like, oh, is that is that it? It might be. Tell. We get there, and it's like it's great complex, nice, everything's you know whatever. And that was in 2000. Say I'm 28 now, so it's 19. So it must be like 2007, 2006 or seven okay. or something like that. I think that's what they told me when it was built. Yeah. And the crazy thing is where you're at in Goodyear. I was out here in 10 for the fall league. And I think that was like the first year for the Goodyear complex. Yeah. And I mean, of course, they're like big on having the uh, the championship game out there. Of course. It's yeah. like uh, I remember bullpen was like me, Josh Fields, Josh Lukey, all of us walked out. Well, Fields gets the bright idea. Hey, let's go walking out there in cowboy boots. So there's like seven of us in the bullpen that go walking from the bus to uh, into the locker room in full baseball uni and cowboy boots. <laughs> yeah, this is a great idea. What Why a not? scene. Well, so, it was great until we lost like four to three because oh, we started like, some guy had no clue what he was doing. It's like, dad, gone it. But uh, we had a yeah. squad too. Yeah, who else was on that team? Because fall like this is one of my favorite things to just go back through fall league yes. rosters because you get some super teams. <laughs> well, we had Ackley who hit like seven hundred. Yeah. Uh, Kipnis was on that team. Was he really? Kipnis, uh, Cord oh, Phelps. Man. I don't know if you remember that name. Dude, or not. I played with Cord in AAA okay. for like a year and a half. Okay. Stanford so, guy. Because we had all the Indians guys too. Yeah. Um, it's Cord. Oh, uh, Perez was on that. Oh, he was our catcher. Um, shoot, who? Thames. Eric Thames was on there. Dude. Uh, just we had studs. Yeah. Adam Lowen had went from pitching to hitting at that point. Hadn't gone back to pitching yet. Um, Kobe Clemens was on that team. Um, who else was in our bullpen? Tom Wilhelmson. Uh, we had a absolute the squad. Names. Yeah, that's the, that's, the, that's the cool part about it because you go back and you like, all these dudes are prospects at the same time, and then they come up and you just see like you see their careers play out and stuff. It's pretty pretty sick. There were six or seven of us. I think the next year, there was at least four that started in the big leagues, like opening day roster, yeah. and the rest of us like came up by June. And yeah. it was like, because everybody says you know it's basically a fast track. And I was like. That's kind of cool. Right. I was on Taxi Squad. Yeah. I was like, all right, see what, how this goes. Sure enough, up. And I was like, wow, this is, this is unbelievable. And every time I've seen after that, it's been the same thing for, you know, I'd say two-thirds of the guys that are on those teams. Mm -hmm. is, it, like, is it fun to play? Because I never got to – so when I got drafted in 11, we discussed either having me play the remainder of that season. So that was back in the draft when, like, Guys would hold out for two months right. to try to negotiate. To like August, what was the first day of school or something? You yeah. Could do it till? Yeah. And so, because things weren't slotted, you mm -hmm. know? Um, so there's discu there's discussions with the Diamondbacks about, like, okay, are we going to have him like sign early and play the remainder of the season? And if not that, then we wanted to go to the fall league and play there to get some innings in, blah, blah, blah. I just wanted to go out and play. Yeah. So I was like, you know, just send me out and play. I'll sign. Like, I think he signed like July 1st or something and went out and played, you know. But 
that's guys always talk about the fall league rosters and, and like how fun it is. So is it? I wish you. Yeah, it, it was very worth it. Yeah. Um, the crazy part about it was coming up in the Cardinals system. Begged them, you know. After I got converted to pitching, it's like let me go out to the fall league, see what happens. You know, see what, what that's when, what was about. that? Oh, nine is oh, when nine. I got converted, like full time. Um, you know, begged to go out to the fall league. And they're like, ah, we'll we'll see, we'll see what happens. As soon as I got traded over the Astros, um, played like two weeks with them uh, in high A, and they uh, they actually pulled me in the office like, hey, would you go? Want to go to the fall league? Absolutely, let's go. Thank you, sir. Yeah, because you've been with, like, literally every organization. <laughs> All of them except for the Indians right now, I guess. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll shoot for them next. Come on over. <laughs> At least you got Clippard now. Clippard's a good addition. Yeah. Saw that. Yeah. Um, we've been, like, those, those guys, like, it's been such a weird free agency market. And there's so many unsigned guys, and they're just kind of, like, filtering into teams now. That, but, come, like, with no press. Like, no one even no. knows. Like, they just show up, and it's like... Hey, I'm the new guy. Yeah. Like, like, when did we get you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Welcome. I mean, <laughs> trade rumors is barely even seeing it. Yeah. Uh, Logan Forsythe the other day just kind of showed up at the uh, at the facility. I was like, When'd you get here? He goes, I signed like a couple days ago. I was like, Good to have you here. Yeah. Uh, cool. But uh, like, um, Hanley was there with us today. No way. I, like, I walk in. I'm like, Is that Hanley? <laughs> like, hey. Is that Haley Rivera? Is he skinny again, or is he? Yeah, and they're like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> when did we get him? And they're like, oh, like a couple days ago. How did you know that? Jeez, old <laughs> Good story about handing food to people. Oh, We're in Chicago. Right. <laughs> I don't, I mean, the way this started, I have, it can go many different ways. And <laughs> it's I'm, really not bad. I uh, swear it's not bad. I'm disappointed. Oh, well, <laughs> it's funny, but it's not bad. So right. we're in Chicago playing the Cubs, get, of course, the traditional day game. And uh, we decide we're going to go out to eat somewhere. And it's basically the bullpen. Uh, it's like four, it's actually about dinners. five. Oh, they're the best. The best. You'll get there eventually. When you're done with your starter days, you go Come to the on, bullpen. Man, don't put that bad energy on me. <laughs> what we got? Way towards the back end. Also, After your 15-year career, you can be in bullpen, the back. bullpen guys just don't invite starters either. That What's is the not deal true. on that? That's not true. You've, been uh, in the well, wrong, okay. you've had the wrong guys All right. then. All right. That's the problem. That's fair. Yeah, well, we'll get you there. Um, so it's like... Jordan Walden, myself, Kimbrell, uh, Anthony Bavar, and I think Luis Avalon. We all go, and um, I forget the name of the restaurant. This is the, the bad part about it. I wish I could give them credit. So we get the, the appetizers, seafood tower, all this kind of stuff. So we're just crushing, absolutely just crushing everything in sight. And uh, up top, like the chef actually comes out and is explaining to us about this special caviar, blah, 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 just going just completely over to the top discussing what this caviar is. Aircraft care package. Yeah. Care package. <laughs> Food care package. Caviar, actually. We're it's dropping coming. caviar in. <laughs> Imported so, directly from the. <laughs> straight from the sea. Got it right off the boat. So, uh, guy finally lets us eat. We try it and we're like, stuff's okay. You know, nothing that great. Like I tried, like super salty. No thanks. Put it right back up. Uh, so I got I got one like that too. I'll tell you. After. Guy clears it. 
we get the bill out there, and Jordan Wall's like, ah, I got this. You know, I made ARB this year. I got this. He pulls it out. He's rifling through there, getting ready to sign. He looks down. He goes, bring that caviar back over here. It was like $400 caviar, this little tiny thing. He's freaking out. He goes, that stuff tastes like absolute ass, and we're going to have to pay 400 bucks." He's so mad. Uh, I think Did somebody you? finally ate it eventually. Yeah. But it was just I mean, so if you're gonna, bad. Yeah, if you're going to pay So for bad. It. Do you guys do the, um, like, how do you, so when you take rookies out, like, what's the best, like, you take a rookie out? Because you always got to play the prank on them. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to let them think that they're going to be like stuck. Like a credit card roulette. Exactly. Something, something like mm-hmm. that, right? So, like, what do, you, what do you got for me on that? Okay. Kansas I'm, City. Okay. We've got Alex Wood. This is a, this is a good one. Oh, so okay. Woody's been up two weeks, maybe. <laughs> and so he's just... Just green behind the ears. Oh, yeah. my gosh. As green as green can okay. be. It's the best time. Oh, it's the best. So you guys stay at the Intercontinental when you go? Yeah. Okay. Right there by the waterway. Yes. Yep. Okay. Right across the, uh, the bridge over to the left, there's that steakhouse. Yeah. Been I can't there many remember times. Yeah, I don't yes. remember either. But yeah, it's nice. So we go there. And we take Eddie Perez with us, our bullpen coach and our bullpen catcher, Alan Butts. So it's the entire bullpen, you know, the entire staff. So we're just having a good time, um, you know, just eating, you know, joking. Eddie's ordering like five bottles of wine. You got to have this wine with this steak, this wine with this appetizer. <laughs> I was like, Eddie, calm down. We'll we'll get there. So we finally finish up, and you know, we uh, we tell Woody like, Hey, you got this kid. <laughs> he just kind of has you this. Just, you just laid look. it on him just, just straight, straight up. Just straight okay. laid it on. Like, you got this kid. You're the young buck. So Craig like flips me his card and I hand it to the waitress. So they take Woody's card. Come back like two minutes later. He goes, sorry, sir. This was declined. <laughs> no panic about him, which was really good. No panic. He goes, okay, try this one. Hands that one to her. Comes back a couple minutes later. Sorry, sir. This one's declined. Starts to get a little nervous. Try this one. Like, I'm like, geez, well, this kid's got three cards. What's going yeah. on? She takes it back, comes back. Sorry, sir, they've all been declined. He gets, I mean, <laughs> sweats. Starts getting in the cold. So he's calling home. It's 10 o'clock out in Kansas City. Oh, so it's even later call, back on East. You made him call home? He's calling home. Oh, that is Dad, brutal. can you please put money in my account? I, I'm trying to pay for this really expensive meal. And his dad's like, Alex, there's money in there. I promise you. But just full-blown panic. Finally, like, Woody, hang up the phone. We got it. Don't That's worry about it. so brutal. And, I mean, we all lost it, though. But he's over just, str- I mean, pitting up, just sweating down the back. But just great sport about it, though. Great oh, sport about it. Yeah, I mean, all the, they all end up handling it just They have fine, to be. But, like, yeah. We did. We had a very similar thing, but we played credit card roulette. Yep. Yeah. And uh, obviously, you know, there's the, you know, you tell the waitress, like, hey. This is the one you're taking. Right, yeah. <laughs> Um, we're in, uh, we're in Tampa and, uh, similar thing. Uh, I think, I can't remember exactly who was the one we had, one of the guys that was there, one of the veteran guys, like new wine, like ins and outs of wine. Perfect. So, I mean, we've just been, we got like 10 guys. Oh, we've just boy. been just pulling wine in like, Hey, you got, you know, same type of thing. You got to try this. You got to try mm-hmm. that. Just wheeling, dealing, you know, yeah. we've been there like two hours. <laughs> It was right after we got off a plane flight, too. Ooh. So, like, yeah, so, I mean, guys are feeling... Real good. Guys are feeling real good. <laughs> and um, I won't... I won't... I'm not going to name names on this one. But, I shouldn't, yeah. <laughs> but uh, 
we got our, our rookie there and uh, credit card roulette goes on. She comes back. She goes, all right, um, I'm going to do it reverse. I've had teams in here to do this before. I'm mm -hmm. going to do it reverse because I always like to see it play out. It's like I'm going to hand, I'm going to go around the table and call names of the people who don't have to don't have, right? Right, right. Instead of just the one reveal of it's mm -hmm. this guy. So it's like, oh, you know, here's your card, here's your card, right? And she's like rifling through and just like the whole time you see him, he's like, oh, okay. The first one, he's like, yeah, that's funny. There's no chance. Second one, he's like, all right. By the time it got to the fifth one, he's like, you can tell, you can tell. Like, he's like kind of looking around. I mean, we've had like, there's 10 guys there, you know? Oh, it's we've got, yeah. we, we've gotten some nice wines and uh, gets down to three and he goes, it's going to be me. I know. Just hand me. Just, just give me the I know it's going to be me. Just give it to me. She's like, no, you know, I don't know. Uh, is your name? He reads off another name. Mm -hmm. He's like, nope. And he hands it to the bed. like, oh, we got two left. Um, it's this one here. And she reads off the name. And it's him. Right. And he's like, oh, thank God. And she goes, oh, no, no, sorry. I read the wrong name. <laughs> hands it back to the veteran guy and sticks him with the tab. <laughs> <So> <laughs> So he's sitting there, like he thought he was off the hook. He was oh, like so no. relieved, and then got like, and she, she did that completely on her own, just like full, just yeah, buried him, oh. just buried him. So then uh, we let him pay, and then we just like watch. We tell her, like, you know, take her time, like be gone for five, ten minutes with the right. tab, whatever, you know. So the whole time, like all night, he's been just like just firing it off, just like one of the guys, just right. And then he's at the end of the table though, and like. Everyone just like, oh, I can't believe, can't believe it was him, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> and uh, he's just over there at the table, just like dead, like just, just completely mm -hmm. different guy, just dead, you know, didn't say anything. And uh, they bring it back out and they hand it to him. Um, he opens it up, goes to take his card, and it's not his card. And he like, look, he like doesn't recognize it. He's like, what is, what is and it says like, you know, one of the other guys that picked right. it up. And then like as soon as he saw it, he's like all confused. We're like, ah, <laughs> we got you. Like, yeah, obviously, you know, veteran guy took care of it. And, yeah. Like, he's just like. Oh, white as a bird Yeah. It's, dude, it's so fun whenever you get the chance to do that. Or the, uh, the first win celebrations. <laughs> first, I mean, did you have like a, did you have a first save, hold? Like, did you have anything like that? Like, did they get you? They didn't. That was the crazy part about it. Um, <clears throat> of course, it was with the Astros when we weren't real good. Aww. So there wasn't a whole lot to celebrate during those right, times. Right, yeah. I get that. Funniest thing, <clears throat> my first win is in Cincinnati. In That's a tough place to get a win, man. Yeah. The ball freaking jumps there. Funniest part is I threw two pitches. Oh. <laughs> got out of the fifth and got pulled. That's tight. And then got the win. That's it was crazy. Tight. I was like, I'll take it. Why Absolutely. not? Absolutely. Yeah. So, but... Yeah, that year was really tough to kind of celebrate much of anything. We were yeah. we were struggling bad. Yeah, that was a start though. No, 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 no. Um, what year was that? 2011. It was you know it was rookie year. I actually got brought in like the middle of the game, like because our starter just was struggling. And then I think we took the lead in the. Uh, it had been top of the sixth then because I finished the I finished the fifth. Yeah. And they had pulled me because I guess my. Uh, my spot in the order came up and we ended up taking the lead and cool. I'll go hang out in the clubhouse and watch us uh, yeah, win a game. That's right. I'm all about it. Who was your GM then? GM was Ed Wade. Okay. He so used to be with Philly and all that kind yeah. of stuff. It was before yeah. Lou now. Yeah. But um, yeah, Ed was Ed was good to me. Of course I gotta say that, you know, he took me off of uh, you know, Cardinals where I was gonna be buried in high A double A and 
give me a shot. So yeah. I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, for sure. So I'm over in Iceland, speaking of like handing food back. Nice. Okay. And like when I travel, I like to try different things. Like, right. you know, I'm in Japan. I want to, I want to try the local sushi. Like, give me, give me your best thing. You know, let me, let me see what it's like. I want to experience the culture and stuff. So I'm over in Iceland. Like, all right, what's, you know, what's the best thing? What's the local like go-to thing? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we got a couple things. You know, if you haven't tried a uh, puffin, you know, we got this puffin appetizer. Okay. I'm like, sounds great. What does it taste like? You know, is it because like, I've had kangaroo before. Oh, wow. Which okay. is like, it's actually pretty good. Um, but I have no, I mean, puffin's a bird. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. like, is it like a duck? Is it kind of, you know, fatty right. or what is it? So they explain it and they're like, oh, and we got, we got puffin and we got shark and we got Icelandic horse. But the Icelandic horse is like the, the main thing. But if you're looking for appetizers, it's shark and it's uh, puffin. Okay. I'm like, great. Both. I want to try both of them, you know, bring them out. I'm there. It's like four or five people, you know, so I bring it out. And the puffin's like served on a, a plate, actually, you know, somewhat kind of like this. And it's just like little kind of thin slices of puffin. It's really good, you know. I'm like, this is, this is pretty good. I could eat this. And then they bring the shark out in like a little, almost like a soup, like a small like soup cup. Okay. But it's just like uh, little cubes of shark. And it's kind of like, so there's kind of like a little mound. It almost in a way looks like a snow cone. You know, like when you <laughs> like, the, there's the, the ice like cone right. like over the cup, you know. And they bring it out with toothpicks. And... Um, I'm looking and they're like, there's small little cubes, you know? Right. I'm like, all right, so how do you, know, how do you eat it? And they're like, oh, you just stick the toothpick in and you just eat it. I'm like, how am I going to eat? I mean, these things are small. Like, right. I guess it's just like a little snack thing, right? So, oh, all right. Poke one in, put it in my mouth, and they come out frozen. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, I'm like chewing it up. I'm like, hmm, that ain't it. <laughs> I'm not on this, right? Right. Swallow it. I'm like, mm, leaves a bad aftertaste. Like, maybe it's just like, maybe it's just you got to eat a couple. Get accustomed to you know, it. Get accustomed to it. So, a couple minutes later, I'm like, I'm going to try one more. Stick it, put it in, it just immediately, just, nope. So, they bring it out. It's fermented shark. Oh. And that's like a delicacy over there. Okay. <laughs> and it tastes like, like, gasoline mixed with exactly what you would think fermented shark tastes Perfect. like. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Like, just so bad. And so, I mean, the table ate, like, four pieces of this, like, and it was, like, Ooh. basically a fully uneaten thing. But, I mean, some, every now and then you'll get, like, you'll get one of those. But the Iceland, I had the Icelandic horse. Uh, it's like a filet that oh, comes wow. out. Yeah, okay. it's, like a, it's like a sweeter, a little bit gamier, like, filet. Is that their main source of meat over there or something? Yeah, so it's so interesting when you travel too because, like, over here, it's you know like you get beef or whatever, and if you want to get crab or lobster or fish or something like those are the more expensive like cuts, right. you know. Down in Puerto Rico, you can get a lobster tail, you can get fish, whatever. It's like because they got all the that's their main source. It's right they got, there, you know, yeah. All the fish and stuff in Iceland, they don't have. Um, the main thing was like bacon, like trying to get bacon in the morning. Like bacon is so expensive because they don't have any, really? like there's no, there's not really any pork around. Like they don't have pigs really native to the island. <clears throat> so getting bacon was like super expensive. But fish and like Icelandic horse, they got horses all over. And like, right. that's kind of their beef in a way. Hmm. You know, beef was like eh, more expensive than usual. Right. But you could get a, like a full salmon for what you get a little filet, you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> over here. It's fresh, caught that morning, you know. It's, yeah, it's great. The good stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big seafood guy, so I don't know. I'm getting there. Because um, I remember first time going to San Fran and oh. had never messed with yes. like sushi, nothing. And I had a couple of veteran guys like, come on. And I'm expecting a P.F. Chang's type thing, something like mm-hmm. that to introduce me to it. No, it's this hole in the wall down by the wharf. And they're like, you're going to love it. I'm like, all right, cool. All right. <laughs> we went full bore into it. I was like, I'm in. And, and I'm glad they did because now, you know, just like Trappers up in uh, uh, Kent, really like it. Took a couple guys there, you know, Herbie and and Zim. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've, I've enjoyed it. It's one of those things that's not so common, you know, back home in West Virginia. So you go to a place where it's, you know, fresh fish, you know, the really good stuff, and you can't beat it. If you're going to start sushi, you got to start it on the high end. Oh, yeah. You got to go, like, you got to get good sushi. Because if you start at, like, subpar sushi, you ain't never going no, back. No, no, never <laughs> going back. Never going back. Did, um, in Oakland, did they, when you're there, do they bring out the sushi? Like, have you ever gotten sushi in the clubhouse there? Mm, no, I don't remember, because I've only been to Oakland twice, I think. Yeah. So no. Have you have you gotten all the all the big league stadiums? The only ones I haven't been to. I still call it Jacobs Field. I forget what it's called now. Um, but haven't been to the Indians. Haven't been to Target, and I haven't been to um, the Angels Stadium. That's the only three I haven't been to. No way, the Angels, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm. Progressive in uh, that's right. Progressive Field, yeah. That's right. I'm missing. Uh, Mets, okay. Marlins, I've been to Petco, but I haven't played there. Okay. And then there's one other one. I can't remember. I, I'm missing four. I've, I got I got St. Louis last year. Uh, which is cool. That's a solid one. That's a really good one. To go I, to. I haven't. Oh, I haven't seen the Braves. The new one. Yeah, new that's. One. I forgot about that one. So got to throw uh, that one in there. But, I mean, I guess that that's a pretty good connection. I mean, I grew up a massive, massive Braves fan. Really? Yes. In Houston. In L.A. Oh yeah. Sorry. In L.A. Yeah, that's right. Um, because they were always on TV, because that was back TBS, in like the, the, yep, yeah, all that stuff. That was like the game. I tune in all the time. Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz, Avery, like all the like all these guys. Okay. And Chipper and Andrew mm-hmm. and like just the whole crew, you yeah. know. And so, and they're in the playoffs every year. So I had like cut out, like I'd cut out a piece of paper in the form of like the tomahawk chop. Oh yeah. And like tape the uh, the stick, the popsicle sticks to the back of it, like color it in. Like <laughs> me and my dad would sit there and make like, you know, just make our things and yep. we'd sit down for the playoff games and we'd just be in my room just like oh, tomahawk yeah. chopping like while the Braves were playing and stuff. And then that's where I made my big league debut. So like. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. So my dad, and I, everyone was up there obviously. And came that's out. legit. And so I walk onto my first big league field to play and I'm like looking up and like, this is this uh, is all right. This is sick. I've I know this place. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like I knew that place, you know. And then, of course, the first inning, like the guy gets on or whatever, and the chop starts going, and I'm looking around like this is tight. <laughs> yeah. Like that, this is so sick, you know. And Chipper comes up, third guy of the game, just like 
curveball, just literally just splits the zone. The umpire's like, nope. Like, uh, <laughs> it's, where do I throw it? It's, it's Chipper, Chipper Jones, so just no, you're yeah. not getting that. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, it was cool, man. That was a Braves connection. That stadium, like, I don't know, old stadiums that they like, they want to get rid of them or make new ones, and it's like there's so much. A connection there. and care, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to see Old Yankee, which was which was tough. Right. I, I wish I would have gotten to see that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Fenway. And, uh, okay, what was your first thought of Wrigley and Fenway when you walked in? First thought of Wrigley was, holy smokes, the amount of guys that played here and were in this locker room at some point. And same yeah. thing at Wrigley too. But then you get out there and. My first initial reaction of Wrigley was, what, what are we doing here? Like, we've got the bullpens kind of like tucked <laughs> over here. Like, we got to deal with this. And I got my first loss at Wrigley, too, on oh. just a botched play. So I, like, had bad taste of Wrigley immediately. Uh, Fenway's cool, though. I, I, yeah. I like Wrigley, but Fenway was really cool. Um, you got the fans right on top of you, and especially when I was with the Yankees, like they are on top of you, like yeah. screaming at you, like oh, yeah. the entire game. Oh, I can't even imagine, dude. I but want it's, to be part it's of that. so much fun. Yeah, so much fun. I mean, we got we played in Boston in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and we got a little taste of it, right? Right. But it's like it's not Yankees right. in Boston. Like, I right. can't even imagine that. But yeah, you walk into Wrigley, like when you're out there, you can walk out at like one o'clock to go run or just to get outside or something like that, you know? And you look around, and you're like. This is a big league stadium, right? Right. Really? Yeah. And like you don't get it, you know, because you look at the outfield, like the the grandstands and stuff, and all the paints chipping off, mm-hmm. and they're like some whatever, like the ivy. When I walked in, there was ivy was dead. Yeah, that's like, tough. And you, you like you look around, like man, this place and the locker rooms are terrible. <laughs> you know, they just don't have any space. You know, like our locker rooms are just like up in the rafters, like yep. so, like the stadium, like seating goes like up like this, mm-hmm. and the the Locker rooms like suspended from the yeah, bottom part of the seats. It's, yeah. So if you're in the clubhouse and it's like, and they're going crazy out there, you feel people you feel like stomping. And like when you walk, you got to walk downstairs and they have to. It's pick, a catwalk. Yeah. It's a cat. So you like, you can look over the edge of the stairs and there's just like people buying a hot dog. Yep. And like if you poke your head out, they have like, you know. The canvas the up canvas, on the The canvas, right? So people can't see, but like sometimes people can see. And it's oh, like, yeah. hey. <laughs> and they just start yelling at you, you know. Uh, you got to walk down like 12 flights of steps and like go this way and that way and the video By the umpire's like, room yeah, and everything. Yeah, exactly. It's like this tiny hallway that's always like wet and just, you know, just not a, it's not what you'd expect from like a, a like the big league. Right. Like, right. And then they put fans in there and then you're like, ah. Yes. I get it now. That's when, yep. I get it. It comes you got, alive. You got the people on the roofs like way back over here. They can't even see the game. Yeah. It's like the whole thing. It's, it's cool. Playing there in the, in the World Series is was pretty sick. That that would have to be one of the coolest you know, experiences as far as playoff baseball in those certain cities Dude. has got to be absolutely crazy. So I got both. I got both of them. And well, I got. I mean, really, we went Boston mm-hmm. and got Fenway. And we went to Toronto and got that place. Is it's like loud there too. The the dugouts are metal, yeah. and so they have their broomsticks or whatever and just, just the whole there. game pop, pop, like you can't even sit in the dugout because your ears are ringing you know uh, and then we got Wrigley 
yeah, all the way. That was our that was our run through the playoffs. So we got like we just checked all of them, all of them off. Might as well. Yeah, it was sick. Unfortunately, it was at my expense yeah. <laughs> in Game Five. But I mean, it was dead the first two games there because we we were up. You know, we went there tied, one one, won the first two. Mm-hmm. They didn't really have anything to cheer about. No. And then Brian hit the homer off me, and everyone just went nuts because yeah. the first thing that it's like they were waiting for something. Yeah. And then Rizzo takes the next pitch. It's like at his face and hits it off the wall and right in the stage. Just, ah! <laughs> just going nuts. It was fun though. It was a great experience. How many times have you felt a stadium shake? Like when you're on the mound? Ooh. I've never. So game seven mm-hmm. of the World Series was crazy because the entire game, the Cubs are just wiping the floor with us, you know? Clubs got off to a bad start. Miller comes in, gives up a homer. They bring Shaw in or uh, Allen in. He gives up a couple. Like it didn't matter what we did. Right. You know, Hendricks was out there just shoving again. Like we couldn't. It's like it's only 88. Like you're just so frustrated, but he's just like dotting up every. Like the ball's moving everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you watch it on TV and it looks way different than from the pen. Right. So the whole game, I'm just sitting in the pen, just like livid. I'm like, I had a chance to end this in Game Five. I fucked it up, mm-hmm. and now we let them come back to our place, and they're gonna like take both of them at our place. I'm just, I'm sitting in the pen, just seething, just so mad, you know, like to the point where like I couldn't even be around my teammates because I knew I was just like not in the right mood to like deal with. I them. was just gonna bring everybody else down, so mm-hmm. I would like disappear down the hallway and just like throw away the ball. Just, I was just furious. I can't remember being that mad. Partially because the stadium was packed with like eighteen or twenty thousand Cubs fans. I mean, I mean, this is one hundred and eight years, and like one of the most passionate fan bases in all of sports. I mean, they're selling out Wednesday games at one o'clock, and there's forty-five thousand people in Chicago. It's like, what do you guys? Do you guys not work? What is the deal? Like in the middle of summer, in the beginning and with of the season, kids and then, too. Like yeah. in spring, kids are calling off. They're yeah, not even going to school. It's unbelievable, man. So like they, and it's five hours from Cleveland. Right. So everybody came, and so like this stadium for seven innings is just going. Like every time the Cubs did something, it's just roaring and like super loud. I'm like, this is crazy. Like we have home field advantage and we're playing a road game. So all these things are just like, just making me so mad just so mad and uh, and then Rajay Davis come or uh, that inning when Rajay hit the homer mm-hmm. you know they pull Hendricks Lester's in the game there's a wild pitch a run scores we're still down three or whatever and it's like all right that's great we got to run but it still doesn't matter like I'm just hot and then there's like the pickoff, or you know, this mm-hmm. happens, and something that happens in a walk and a hit, and like Rajay comes up and Chapman's in the game, and it's like, oh man, like if Rajay can find a way to like maybe draw a walk, get a hit here, just turn the lineup over, we got a chance. And then he hit it. Yeah. And like it went silent for like a, I mean, because the ball got out quick. So quick. Really quick. So he hits it, it goes silent, and then it hits the camera and bounces and the place went nuts. So there's like 18,000 Cubs fans or whatever. So the remaining like 20,000, I mean, it was pretty much split like 50, 50 because progressive only holds like 37 or 38 or something like that. So all 20,000 Indians fans or however many were there, like 
I can't even imagine what that place would have sounded like with like 50,000 people. Because that's the loudest I've ever heard anything. Like, I blacked out. I remember I was sitting up in, so the, the bullpens are staggered. Okay. So it's like uh, outright like past. Um, I'm trying to think. I've only been to PNC once. Um, you know, like, oh, well, you haven't been to Angel oh. Stadium. Remember, anyway, San, okay, San Diego, how they're both on one side, but one's yep, just, okay. exactly. And yeah. Philly and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I'm sitting up in the bullpens out past center field. Mm -hmm. I remember being there. I remember running down the steps to high-five my teammates, and the next thing I remember is getting the call on the phone in the 11th that I need to get hot. Like, I just, I blacked out. Right. And the stadium was going nuts, and LeBron's in his suite just, like, fist-pumping and yelling, and, like, the, it's just absolute bedlam and at that point I was like we're we're winning right. there's zero chance the curse is real the curse is real we're right. gonna it win to <laughs> you know and then the rain hit and then it was uh. like you know, 15 minute delay and all the momentum broke and then you know whatever a shot gives up a like broken bat that squibs through on a wet field and then just like all that, all that garbage but, yeah and then my high school teammate my high school teammate and I were the last two pitchers to pitch in the World Series. No kidding. Mike Montgomery. I went to high school with him. Did not know that. Yeah. So he's out there. He throws the final pitch. Michael Martinez, you know, grounds it to Bryant. I Bryant, thought for sure that Bryant ball was going in. slips. Yeah. Right? The grass is wet. He slips. As you can see his front foot go. And it's just like a, good a strike right there. And like the, so, uh, the whole deal. But yeah, that's that moment, dude. Like when Rajay, like the, there's just such a distinct memory of like, the silence, and then just an eruption, right? Which was sick, so sick. I can't even imagine like a like what like Yankee Stadium or like or like Fenway, right? When Big Poppy like would hit a bomb when or something. Hit, dude, when they crazy. came back from three zero, yes. And Poppy had the two. I mean, he had the bomb, the walk off, and then the next day he hit another one. Uh, I don't remember if it was a walk-off homer or, a, or something like it was. It was either a game tire or something. Dude, and like, like that, in yeah. extra innings, like I can't even imagine what that place must have sounded like. With that, yeah, I, like those are the moments in baseball that I want to be. Like, I want to be a part of yeah. some of those. You know, well, that's just, the reason we play. Yeah, experientially, just getting to like getting to understand like the gravity of it, like how like how passionate all the fans are, like the meaning to like all those people and like how invested they are in it. That's why like the, the World Baseball Classic is so cool to me. That would, yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. So I went, um, the first year they had it, they had a couple games in Anaheim and a couple games in uh, San Diego at Petco. Mm -hmm. No, it's crazy like talking about that with at Progressive just, because uh, my experience was what uh, is this? What is this thing? I don't know. Is Try it good? It. It's not bad. It, it's, I don't know what the hell that You want one of these, top. by the way? What is it? This, these are pretty good. You gotta try some I'll of these. I'll give it a shot. I'll try one. It's like some sort of like beef tamale or something? Okay. Pretty sick. I'll just throw it there. So we can both reach it. This looks like a... That ain't bad at all. No, that's pretty good. Just a little Ooh. bit of spice to it, a mm -hmm. little kick. Yeah. Yeah, we had... Uh, was what we had today. We had some type of Mexican food today, and one of the guys is like, I'm going to eat this and just regret it at about 6 <laughs> o'clock. I'm okay with it. All right. Good. Worst, worst bread. 
I mean, I've had some. I've had some brutal ones. Big um, league or minor league? Which which you going for? Big Both? leagues, minor leagues, indie ball, college, like whatever. In, indie ball, there's no spread, so that's always a bad spread. Okay. Um, I'll start it off. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm I'm trying I to think of one. <clears throat> I show up to pro ball. My first, my second day. Uh, pre-game meal, mm-hmm. we got PB&Js that we got to make ourselves. Mm-hmm. We got the peanut butter and the jelly mm-hmm. and the loaves of bread with the knives, um, like the plastic Plastic, knives. yep. And we got goldfish crackers. Now, I love me some goldfish. Right. You know? But that's what we got. That's... <laughs> there you, you go. Him, kid. So it's like, oh man. man. And then like, of course, like all the minor league cities too, like nothing is open after the game because they're small city, you know, small towns, whatever. So it's just, that's a struggle. It's Domino's, Papa John's, or Pizza Hut if you're lucky and that's it. Mm -hmm. Or a gas station and you're just raiding it. Yep, yep. Or you find like a, maybe you are lucky and find a bar and can get some like wings or, you know, whatever. You know, but yeah, dude, goldfish and... And PB and J. That's tough tickets. How do you how are you supposed to develop prospects on goldfish? <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> pregame, I know they want you to like eat light, but like there's a point where, okay, I'm out there trying to catch, pitch, play the infield, play the outfield, dude, and I'm starving. Like, pitchers, I'm thinking about eating my batting gloves, yeah. like, in the middle of the game. Dude, pitchers are, like, whatever, like, because pitchers can go in the locker room or whatever during the yeah. game, but, like, dude, you're, players? I mean, you're out there for the whole time. Like, you ever feel lightheaded? Oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah. I've gotten there before. Dude. So bad. And then you realize, you're like, oh, yeah, I had breakfast this morning. It was pretty good. And that was at, like, 10 o'clock this morning, and now it's 10 o'clock at night, and I've yeah. had... Nothing. Sunflower seeds. No wonder I'm. <laughs> no wonder I lost 20 pounds this season, and like, I can't hit the ball out of the infield right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just swinging a wet newspaper. Mm-hmm. Toughest spread, <clears throat> and they're gonna hate me for it. Is probably like, L.A. I'll never forget this. So, they had like fish out there, like fried fish. I'm like, all right. Give it a shot. Get it out there. One bite in, I'm like, tastes kind of crunchy. What, what is this? Took another bite. And one of the bones jabbed me in the mm. gums. I was like, ah, I'm done. Got up, and I was like, I can't. I'm out on this. That, that was one of the tougher ones uh, that, that I dealt with. Of course, that was a post-game. Pre-game, typical PB&J. Yeah, the staples. My favorite, the staples. But instead of goldfish, Animal crackers. I, I would tell the clubby all the time, if you do not have animal crackers, I am not tipping you. You've got to have animal crackers. <laughs> are these the ones, like, so are these just like the, the cracker cracker? Are these the, like, the pink and... and um, just the regular crackers. Just the, the ones that come in like, a huge tub. Yep. And now that they have to be free, they're not allowed to be behind bars. You know, they, <laughs> <laughs> we got we to gotta expand is, our horizons. It is amazing. Our world's amazing right now, isn't it? Yeah, the, uh, the pink and white animal, like animal crackers right. with the little sprinkles on them and stuff. Uh, I could crush those. 
I've never really ventured that far. I'm, really? That might be something I do this year. Yeah. I just have to tell the club, hey, we need to add a little spice to this, throw a little uh, sprinkles on there. <laughs> so is that so? Is that your go-to like in-game dugout snack? Yes, because you always have. My big thing was three packs of the little fruit gummies, like the, those, the fruit snacks. Got to have those, those in the bullpen. Because you got to have a little sugar rush Dude, to get at, you going. Yeah, absolutely. And at then arbitration, a couple of the animal crackers. At arbitration, the PA, because they have, they have to be there for like three weeks or whatever, right. so they have like the big fruit gummy uh, box in the corner. Oh, boy. And so when I walk in the room, I'm like, oh, what is up? <laughs> Don't mind if I do. So I'm sitting there at the arbitration table. The panel of judges is right here. Right. And I got two fruit snacks open that I'm just snacking on while, Thank you. while everyone's going on their case. Like, and Trevor Bauer is this, this, and this. And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> like, front and center just snacking. That's great. Just taking probably, it all in. Probably such a bad look, dude, but I Those actually, are really good, by the way. Yeah, fantastic, yeah. Um, Okay, so sorry, I, I interrupted. You're you good. Got, I'm you okay. got those in the. Just the fruit snacks and the animal crackers are yep. my go to. And then, you know, of course, you got your mix of Powerades, Gatorades if you're lucky, you know, that are whatever's in the fridge. And then uh, some sort of just high octane. You got guys that have the, the coffee, which I, I've never been a coffee guy. Have you had a coffee? I've had one, I think, in my life. I've had zero. Just like I've had one salad in my life. Like this one, I'll look at this, but I'm just going. <laughs> you know. Hey, we got some strawberries. I'm okay with it. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll rock with that. Yeah. But um, yeah, one coffee, I think, in my life just was out on it. You know, if I'm going to get, you know, pour sugar and all this other stuff in it, I'll just get a hot chocolate. I'll be cool with that. There you go. But uh, Red Bull or a Monster. Mm -hmm. um, we're allowed to drink the monsters, aren't we? Or is it like Red Bull only? I, I, I think monsters fine. I don't know, I've, actually, I've actually never had an energy drink either. Whoa! Yeah, you're missing out, dude. I don't, I don't caffeinate. But that's good though, because you got to expand that over multiple, multiple innings. Where I come in there and just rage it for yeah. one inning, I'm well, okay with it. I did. Um, I was feeling somewhat sick. Oh, what one was this? Thank you, sir. Enjoy. Thank you. I had a, where was I? I think I had gotten food poisoning actually a couple, mm. a couple days earlier and on the night of a start. Okay. So I missed the start because I was throwing up and, I, and they like switched me in the rotation. So I had to pitch like three days later and I still hadn't gotten like, I'm, I wasn't back to normal. Right. I felt terrible. And I was like, hey, I asked our trainer, I was like, hey, I like, you got anything to help me? I'm like, because I, I hate putting stuff in my body. Like, I don't really supplement. I just, I want to eat. I'll get my nutrients and stuff from eating. And so I don't take, like, I, I rarely take even Advil or anything like that. Okay. You know? Which is good. So I'm like, dude, do you got, you got to have something. I'm, I'll take whatever you got right now. I'm like, it's that bad. And he's like, here, take some, take some of this stuff. He hands me, like, a paint off. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, it's got, like, 60 milligrams or something like not even very much caffeine in it, you know um, So I popped the paint off and like 20 minutes later. I'm like, oh, oh you feel I yeah. feel great Let's do this. Yeah, you yeah and then my average velo was like a mile and a half a mile and a half harder than like it had been that season <laughs> Like am I 
is this caffeine thing? Like, is this good? I might have to do this. Mm -hmm. So the next time I started, I took some pain off and my Velo went down by about a mile an hour for my average. Oh I'm my like, God. okay, that, that ain't it, but it was good for that one day. There you go, <laughs> that's what you needed. But yeah, dude, I mean, so rookies gotta do the bullpen bag. Oh yeah. Right? And so you get all the requests. I mean, some of them are legit and you never know which ones they are, of course. So it's like, I want 16 bags of beef jerky, this brand, mm -hmm. like whatever, you know. Um, and it's never I want in the, the clubhouse. No, you got to go buy no, it. No, it's like, I want 16 bags of teriyaki gnarly jerky, and I want 17 bags of sunflower seeds, but they can't be David or Biggs. they got to be an <laughs> off-brand. And we need 14 Red Bulls, and three of them need to be refrigerated at this temperature. And like, they're just giving out like, all, the, all the stuff to the yep. rookies. We need candy. We need all this different stuff. And the rookies have no idea what's actually serious yeah. and what's not. So they're just... So, you know, and then, of course, like, if you forget anything, you just get worn out for it all game. You know? was, but when I was having to do... Because I had to do the bullpen bag a couple times. And uh, it was like, if you forgot the Red Bull or the energy drink, like, you're in trouble. Yeah. Big time trouble. Oh, yeah. Because that's the that's what people rely on. That's know? a so guarantee you have. The to. phone, yeah. It's like the sixth inning, and you're like, oh, I might, I might be getting in there, and just look, look. Mm -hmm. All right, phone rings. Oh, I'm ready. Mm -hmm. Let's go. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, we used to do a fifth inning pour. Because um, <clears throat> you know the nice thing about some of the hidden bullpens, mm. you know, you got your long guy that he's basically your, you know, your go-to if something mm -hmm. happens, starter. You don't have to worry about. You know, throwing your late inning guy out there in the fifth or the or the third or whatever. So take a nap, chill, relax. We don't we don't start watching the game till the fifth, anyways. Honestly, let's be honest about it. So we'll we'll start I got watching. A, that. I got a great story okay. about taking a nap in the pen, but okay. I'll continue. So um, fifth inning, you know, you wake up. Normally a bullpen coach come in, flip the lights on. All right, time for everybody to get up. Kids wake up, school's about to be in session. All right, right down the hatch. Sixth inning, start moving around, stretching, and then you get a read of the game. You're like, oh, okay, probably gonna face these guys. Here's what the score is. I'm probably going in, probably not. Mm -hmm. Then come game time, it's either full go or no go. Mm -hmm. And then you don't sleep until three o'clock that morning because you're so <laughs> jacked up on stuff. Absolutely. That's the worst part about, well, I mean, worse and best, I guess, but I'm a night person, mm -hmm. so I get all. My, I'm most productive at like between 10:30 and 1:30 in the morning. Yeah. I don't know if that's just kind of how I naturally am, or if I've been kind of trained that way, like being on that schedule for so long. But hey, I can't. I, like, so there's times in season I don't fall asleep before 4:30, 5 o'clock in the morning. I'll, yeah. be, I'll be laying in bed. I'll be doing nothing, you know, and just like, oh, I'm on Twitter, or I'm on YouTube, watching stuff, or like texting people and I'm just like trying to fall asleep and oh, nope all right 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 back to it run run back but uh, so I'm in the bullpen in 2016 okay I think I started the year in 2016 in the bullpen and uh, I mean our bullpen in, in 16 was stacked so I'm not doing anything down there. Carrasco's pitching. Right. And 
I mean, Cookie's been, like, his last, like, five starts have been, like, eight and a third average and just punching out. Like, he's on one of those rolls where punching it's just, like, world. it's, like, it doesn't matter. You could put the all, all-time all team up there, and, like, they're going to punch out 15 times and score zero today. It's, right. like, it's a day game. It's 1 o'clock. I'm sitting in the bullpen in Detroit <clears throat> in the corner, like, what am I doing down here? This is brutal. I'm tired. I'm not pitching today. I'm going to take a nap. So just pull the hoodie over, over mm-hmm. the eyes, and just kind of in the corner. Just about to doze off. Feeling pretty good. And someone goes, Bauer, get hot. And oh, I'm just like, no. I'm like, you're fucking with me. I know for a fact, phone didn't ring. I'm not doing it. I said that to him. And they're like, <laughs> No, you need to get hot. Cookie's down. I'm like, no, he's not. I know you're fucking with me. I'm not doing it. Then the phone rings. So I open one eye, and right. there's like seven people crowding around first base. Oh, and I like no. see it, and I'm like, that's odd. I mean, meanwhile, like, mind you, I'm in this like middle stage. Right. Where like you're not processing things like super quick. Right. So I like open my eye, I'm like, hmm. <clears throat> What? (laughs) (laughs) Immediately, like, I wake up. I'm like, what? The phone rings. Ding. It's like, Bauer. I'm like, oh. (laughs) I grab my weighted ball. just rifle, like, three throws with the green plyo ball. And by that time, you know, you can't warm up in the pen. Nope. You're going right out there. Yeah. So I'm trying. Like, I have, I usually throw, like, 20, 25 plyo balls. Like, do some reverse throws. Do some pivot picks, whatever. And then do a couple, like, roll-ins, like, out of a stretch or whatever into the wall. Okay. So I get like two reverse throws and like two pivot picks in, and they're like, "Hey, you got to warm up on the mound." And I'm just cold mm-hmm. as cold can be, still half asleep. Have this huge <laughs> adrenaline spike, but like my eyes are still a little bit sleepy. <laughs> I'm like running on the field, like going this way a little bit, like going back this way a little bit. <laughs> get out to the mound, and like my heart rate was like 50 or whatever right. resting heart rate was. Now it's like 7,000. I'm like out of breath on the jog in. I'm like, hey, you know, you got as much time as you need. And I'm like, in, in one part of my brain, I'm like, I'm ready right now. My heart's going. Like, let's send it. Right. And right. the other side is like, I haven't moved in like four hours. <laughs> so it's going to take like, a I while. Threw, I threw it 11. It's now 1:30. Like, this ain't it. No. So I'm no. like trying to get loose on the mound, and I never, ever throw baseballs without ripping plow balls first. Oh. And it just feels so bad. And like. Like spine is like I can't rotate, my hips are tight. Like, so, and then you start feeling bad, right? Because you throw like 12 or 13, and then you feel like you've thrown 50 because everybody's watching you. It's like Just a completely like new mm-hmm. environment. You're like, ah, oh, I must have been out here for like 15 minutes already. Like, we got to get this game going, but I'm not really loose. But then it's just so weird. And uh, I think I went like three and two thirds and gave up a couple runs or something. Like, not not. Uh, Great outing, but not bad considering I was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I mean, Cookie obviously he, was, he you know, was, he messed up his hamstring, so mm-hmm. he was out for a couple months, and so that's how I got back into the rotation. Right. <laughs> but literally, <laughs> it's like uh-huh. two minutes away from actually being asleep. Just straight panic. And then just send it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny. Bad, so man. many people have no idea like what goes on in that setting. 
No. Like, like they think, okay, well, here's what they do prior to pregame. Here, you know, they're really yeah. locked in. They're trying to do this. No way. No, no shot. <laughs> if you try to lock in for nine innings, much less nine times 162, plus 30 spring training games and hopefully playoffs. 200 plus games? No you're chance. fried. No chance. You are fried. You got to have entertainment. Oh, yeah. You got to have, I mean, bullpen guys have it better than starters in that way. Because you guys are down there and just come up with all the games and like, oh, yeah. just like, I mean, I've had teammates that are down there like watching like fantasy football and like the Sunday football games. You know, you got the towels spread around, so you got the things kind of embedded, so like, no, you know where all the cameras are. You're like, okay, we gotta hide it from this angle yep. and that angle, and you got like Sunday NFL ticket going on down there. You got four games. Oh, that's when it's a disaster, though. Yeah, we got music playing down there sometimes, sometimes not. Mm-hmm. You know, music is a must, though. Yeah, you have it's to. a must. Because, like you said, in Toronto, when they're banging on the. Uh, you know, tops of the dugouts and stuff like that. You have to have something that that takes you away from it. Mm-hmm. You have to. What are your uh, What are your like starters break each other? Right. So we have sunflower seeds in the hoodie. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we got the the gum on the shoes. Um, one thing that our guys are big on is they'll have their water bottle in their back pocket. Right. And so I'm always trying to like unscrew the lid. Yes, I like it. I got someone so good. I forget. Oh, I got Clevenger. (laughs) Clevenger was a rookie. So he's sitting up on the bench. Okay. And I like sneak up there, like slither up. Like, so he can't like, no matter where he looks, I'm like kind of right below him. Right. I'm just like twisting it just ever so slightly and I get the whole cap off and I'm like and now I don't know what to do right I've never actually succeeded in like getting the cap <laughs> off you know I'm always trying I'm like it's in my hand and he's still looking at the game and has no clue I'm like <laughs> what do I do now right I run to the Gatorade cooler fill up two cups of Gatorade uh-huh. get a get a funnel make a funnel out like a, a Gatorade cup or something like that right okay. so I put the funnel in his water bottle and just start pouring red Gatorade into his water bottle. Oh, so wow. it was like it was like this this far from being okay, okay. empty. So I fill it up with two like two cups of red Gatorade to the top. <laughs> I mean, there is no space left in this bottle at all, you know. And he's still sitting on the bench, no clue. Oh boy. So he then he like decides to get up. So he gets up and obviously some of it spills. We're at home. So we're wearing white. Whites. So some of it spills. And he gets up and he's like talking to someone. And I'm just like in the, like literally like this in the corner of the dugout because I can't be seen laughing, but I just can't, I can't contain myself. Right. He's got like a red streak down the back <laughs> of his pants. He got no clue. <laughs> so then to make matters even worse, he goes and sits on the bench. And so now he sits down, and so the bottle is like fully tilted, right? You know, and it's just now spilling out everywhere. So he's now sitting in a pool of red Gatorade, but has no clue because he like sits down the bench is cold or whatever, so you don't right. know it's wet. So he's sitting there, sitting there, pool of red Gatorade, and our, you know the, the bench comes down, and then there's like a space, right? So all the red Gatorade is just spilling out behind him, and then the dugout floor is kind of sloped. So the old, the, fir- the way he found out. Is he's sitting there 
and all of a sudden he sees like water which is gatorade, gatorade just like running between his feet and he's like that's weird and he like looks back and he sees the puddle and then he sees like his pants are all red <laughs> and he's like whoa what the hell dude like and now at this point i'm just losing, losing it in the side, in the corner of the dugout just laughing and i've like now informed other people right like dude check this out right Look at this you know <laughs> so he's whole backside is all red oh, just no. all red <laughs> he just has to walk to the clubhouse like all the way up just soaking like changes pants like socks everything <laughs> what do you think the clubbies think when we play pranks on each other <laughs> oh, they're probably sitting dude, there going gotta, son of a bitch yeah <laughs> they gotta be so again mad this, dude so mad our big thing is always if it's an enclosed bullpen where you've got the door and all that kind of stuff is always the the water cup above the door Mm. And the last guy in is just wearing it. Mm -hmm. He just <laughs> so we were actually in New York playing at uh, the Mets place, and you know we had been putting it up there past two days. It was like third day, so guys were like walking in, kicking the door open. Water falls down. We're all <laughs> laughing. You know, just savvy, a good time. savvy, savvy yeah. about it. So we set it up in like the fifth or the sixth. Oh, and uh, our bullpen coach is outside. Phone rings, straight, straight panic. Boom, bust through it, just douses him. He is cussing at us as he picks up the phone, gets the name of it, slams it back down, and goes, one of you sons of bitches is getting it later. Because <laughs> he, the whole time, is telling us, you'll never get me, you'll never get me, and all sure enough, that yeah. perfect time, boom, just wore him out. I, uh... Clev did something that I can't forget. I can't remember what, it, what exactly he did to prompt it. I mean, this had been escalating for a couple weeks. Okay. Like, I put sunflower seeds in his hood, right? So then he comes back and, like, baby powders my back. <laughs> so, like, I'm walking around with just baby powder all over my back, no clue. Right. You know? I'm like, oh, okay, that's funny. So I go up to the clubhouse and, like, in his shoes, I like sunflower seed his shoes. So when he goes to put them on, there's seeds in his shoes. Perfect. So we've been going back and forth. And it got to a point where I was like, all right. It's time. I'm going. I'm going balls to the wall on this Ooh, one. Okay. So, fourth inning, he goes. I know, like every fourth inning or whatever, he goes up. Okay. And uh, comes back down half an inning later. I wait half an inning. I know he doesn't go up again. I go up to the clubhouse, just look around, grab the shoes, take the laces out of them. Oh boy. Go to the uh, go to the kitchen. Find me a uh, Ziploc bag, fill it with water, in go the laces, zip, in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> so now he comes back, takes a shower after the game, whatever. I didn't know this, but he had like, he had a date, like date night Even that better. night. Um, he was going out and uh, or, he had, or, or uh, he had dinner, I don't know, whatever it was, but he had an event that night and uh, no shoelaces. So now he's like, dude, I gotta go. Like, you gotta give me your shoelaces. Like, this is ridiculous. I'm like, no, you gotta, you know, that's what you get. You gotta learn your lesson, you know? <laughs> so I made him wait like 15 minutes before I finally like give him a hint, like where his shoelaces might be. Right. Hey man, you might want to take some ice cream for the road. He's like, what do you mean? I don't know. This might be good. 
He walks over there, his shoelaces are frozen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta put the ice block like in a pan or like a like something like in the microwave to right. like thaw them out. Now the shoelaces are sopping wet, so he's like trying to lace them through. Water's going everywhere. <laughs> Just making a mess of it. That's great. That's good. I like that. One. We've had guys like, you know, like in some clubhouses, the roof, is like, or at least in Cleveland, the they have those squares that you can like yeah. press up, like kind of that you'd see like in a schoolhouse. The ceiling or tiles. Yeah, the yeah. ceiling tiles, right? I mean, we've had guys like hide people's shoes in the ceiling, like literally like push the thing up, put the shoes in there, and mm -hmm. like <laughs> it gets. <laughs> But those are the types of things that you got to have them like to make it through a season. You you, gotta, like, and if yeah. you don't, like it's miserable. Right. It honestly is miserable. Yeah. But those are also the things that keep, that make guys close. Mm -hmm. Because there's constant pranking, having mm -hmm. fun. You know, it's not focused on, oh, I did really bad this last outing. You know, it's crap. He got me two days ago. I got to come up with something way better to bust him with. Right. Who's the best prankster you've been around? Oh, man. Carrasco's pretty funny. Okay. All of his are like super good natured mm -hmm. and like and just and like legitimately hilarious. So every time anyone else does something, uh -huh. everyone just looks at, at Carrasco. Like <laughs> and he's like, Cookie, like you can't like what the hell, man? He's like, oh, it's not me. That's not me, you know. Um But like it's the it's the silent ones, you know, the people that you like that don't seem like pranksters that just like sneak around in the back and just yep. get guys and then never get gotten back because no one associates Nobody knows. you know. Kluber's that guy. Okay. Yeah. He, he's, yeah, he, he's pretty good. Cause he, he's got the, the, the clue bot, mm -hmm. the, you know, no one ever suspects him. And then all of a sudden you get like, whatever seeds like dumping like from your locker right like, yeah and the sticky ball like the gum covered ball that sticks to the roof yep that like someone sits in the same spot every time and it's just like in the fifth inning a ball just doink on the head they're <laughs> <laughs> just looking around and like no one's even there and like what the hell like where'd that come from like just little things like that that are just and you have like a camera or something like on him of course yeah um yeah, Cookie's like the, he's the more like out there, like right. fun. Creative producer. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. Oh, I got, I, I got my roommate in college pretty good. Um, I don't, I can't remember exactly what he did, but uh, I took his bed apart. Okay. Um. Because in college they're all like kit beds, right? And so you can just like take the rails off. So there's like five, or there's yeah, there's five, six pieces. Okay. There's the headboard, mm -hmm. footboard, the two rails, right? The piece of wood, mm -hmm. and then there's the mattress, right? So I took it all apart, and I hid all of them in in our suite in okay. our room. Something was in the closet. Something was like in the corner behind a door or whatever, you know. But I. I made one of them like really hard to find and the other five were like super easy. And then I wrote out like a riddle. Oh boy. Of like where to find all the pieces. 
And so he was like, he read the riddle, and he had already found like two of them. And he read it, and he's like, oh, I know where that one is, and he goes and grabs it. I know where this is. Like, so it takes me like probably a good half an hour to find five of the six. Right. And then the sixth one, I said I hid it somewhere on campus, which was true. We were right. on campus, yeah. you know. But it gave him the idea that he's freaking out. Right. It's, so he's not yeah. like, what the hell? So he's like calling people, like, did you see Bauer with my footboard? <laughs> <laughs> Like, hiding, like, did Bauer put my footboard in your oh, room? Gosh. And they're like, what are you talking about, your footboard? Like, he's just letting everybody know he got, you know, got yeah, taken. Yeah, exactly. Because he's like, he's, he's mad. He's like trying to find, you know? And then it just ended up being in the room the whole time. <laughs> he was so, he was so bummed. <laughs> Derringer Knights Valley is here. Thank you, sir. You bet. Um, what else? I had a really good, I had a really good one I was going to share, and I blanked. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully it comes to me. I'll give you time on that. We had, um, <clears throat> one of the better ones I've been around was uh, Mark Zepchinski, and he learned from... Dude, um, Zep, oh my God. I can't even tell the story. You'd be so mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> you probably know it. The Brandon Moss home run. But anyway. I've heard it. Yeah. I've heard it. He had um, oh, Sean Markham. Used to be the guy that wore him out. And that's who he learned all his stuff from. But I mean, just stuff from antiquing guys in the, in the stalls to just, I mean, everything. And he would just be on it. <laughs> I mean, constantly. You had to be on guard. Oh, yeah. And it was on that fall league team. But you had to be on guard the entire time. Because if you weren't, something was happening to your shoes, your shower shoes, your, mm. your hat, your glasses. Just of something course. was happening. Of course. But he was always on it. Because he just, it was like he was bored. He's like, ah, who am mm -hmm. I going to mess with today? Ah, there's a good suspect. And go right after him. What, uh, what's the best on-field conversation that you've had? I mean, mound visit, like infielder, guy, whatever. With another player or? Don't matter, umpire, coach, <clears throat> fan. Like, I mean, I fans are like wearing you out in the bullpen. Like. I had one of those. We're in Miami. And- uh, Oh, that's a- <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> So, in Miami, you got the Clevelander right there beside the mm -hmm. bullpen which guys come up with stiff necks because they've been sitting there for three or four games doing this uh -huh. while they're watching the body paint go on. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just kind of taking in view. Mm -hmm. So it's a, I think it's a mid-afternoon game, like a four o'clock game for some reason. And this guy and a group of probably eight people are up at the Budweiser deck that's actually above the Clevelander. Fourth inning, just, and I'm the one idiot that day that doesn't have a sweatshirt on. Uh, so the jersey's all out, uh, name out, number out, everything. Screaming my name. Can't be doing that, man. I, it was a, it was a, That's a tough scene. Well, <laughs> I was doing it more for whoever was in the, the Clevelander than I was for him. So, yeah, but yeah. anyways, besides <laughs> the point. So, Smart. Yeah, you can try. Yep. So uh, he just starts screaming at me. And I, I just kind of give it the turn and the look. And he's, yeah, I, he's yelling about the game. And I just give him the, can't yeah. hear you look. 
what, what, dude, what? He starts screaming louder. As, I mean, as loud as he possibly just can. Just baiting him. Just keep baiting him in mm-hmm. on him. This goes on for five minutes. And all the guys are like, dude, just don't pay attention to him. And I go, no, this is funny. This let's is fun, let's yeah. see what's going to happen here. So he's yelling and yelling and yelling. And I just keep, dude, I can't hear you. you got to come closer. His girlfriend starts screaming. <laughs> this, this is going to get bad. So a couple minutes go by. I don't hear him anymore. I'm like, ah, I must have got tired of it. So I'm sitting there, feet propped up, watching the game. All of a sudden, I mean, it sounded like it came out of a bull. bull. <laughs> hey, Carpenter! And I jump. I mean, what is, and I look straight up, and this guy is over top of me. He goes, can you hear me now? I was like, you're good, dude. You're good. So he starts, like, just laughing. He's like, dude, I'm so sorry. He goes, I'm drunk. He goes, I own a pool service down here. And he goes, I'm just here having a good time. I was like, man, I'm glad you're here. You know what? I was like, come on down here. Let's, let's talk a little bit. He goes, I'm too drunk. They won't let me in the Clevelander. I was like, just stay right there. We'll talk about this. So he's telling me about his pool service the entire, like, <laughs> next three innings. We're losing, thank God, so I'm not going to the game. And he's just wearing me out about this pool service he has in, like, Fort Lauderdale. I'm like, dude, I, I was like, I tell you what, when I'm done playing ball, I was like, I'm coming to work for you. You're the type of guy I want to come work for. His girlfriend just starts busting him. He's a bum. You don't want to be anywhere around this idiot. <laughs> And I, like, at this point, I'm losing it. All the guys are crying, laughing. And I'm like, this poor guy is just trying to have a good time. And his girlfriend just absolutely backed over him with the bus. Mm. Like, he's a bum. Oh, man. So I go over and, like, get a couple balls, flip them up to him. And, I mean, they were cool the rest of the time. Yeah. But just, just one of those funny interactions. Like, just was trying to bait him just to. Of course. But he ended up making the effort to come down and just start yelling. Yeah. It was great. That's great. Where's your favorite Aside from home field, where is one of your favorite places to go as far as like fan interactions? Where's one of your favorites? Uh, Boston is probably my favorite. Okay. Or Seattle. Okay. For two reasons. Boston, sitting in the dugout, the fans are right there. Right. Like super close. Right. You know? And they're, they're all baseball fans. Thank you. Um, so they know the game. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can talk to them about it. They're wearing you out. But it's like usually pretty good natured. Or if it's not, as soon as you turn around, you're like, hey, what's up, dude? Then they, they flip it, and then it's oh, good natured. Quick, you know? yeah. So I just sitting in the dugout and like talking like in between innings or whatever. I'll just turn around, lean up against the fence, and like joke with people or whatever. During BP, they have the like, – I always like power shag in yeah. the outfield. Yeah. And they got the the bar or whatever it is out like underneath center field. Yes. And so um, I have a I actually have a video. I made a video of it on my it's on my website. But uh, I'm shagging BP, and this lady is at the bar, and there's like a little hole that you can reach your hand through to like get a ball or right. whatever, get right. an autograph. <clears throat> so she's just wearing me out. Bauer. <laughs> Bauer, I want a ball. Bauer, like the whole time, right? I'm, I'm 30, 40 feet in front of the fence, but like she can see my like BP jersey, number right. 47, like all this stuff. She's wearing me out, wearing me out. So finally a ball gets hit over my head. Like I try to catch it. I don't quite get there, right? And it bounces up like against the fence, and it's like three feet from her. So I, 
you better give me that. You, I want that ball, blah, blah, blah. So I like fake it. I like, put it in my pocket and like walk up right. a little bit, right? And she's like, oh, and everyone starts yelling at me, you suck, whatever. That's, that's terrible, Bauer. That suck. You suck. Whatever. I take it out of my pocket. I'm like, ah, I'm just kidding. And you know, here you go. And she's like, she gets all excited. So I toss it to her. But of course, like I toss it like Wait. a foot this way. <laughs> so it just like hits her face. Like, so her face is here and the fence is there, right? And it just like okay. hits where her face would be. <laughs> hits the fence and dribbles away. I'm like, why didn't you catch it? She goes, try it again, try it again. Oh no. So I like, go and like toss it to her again, but like miss again on the other side. <laughs> and she's like, her arm is like sticking out of the fence. So she's like trying to do it, but she can't do anything with her arm. So you can see her body moving, but her hand isn't moving at all, you know? And, uh, so I do this like six or seven times and she's like one more time one more time eating the whole thing up so finally I like toss it like right to her hand right and she like grabs it she's like I got it and she like pulls her hand and like goes running around the ball like oh, I got a ball <laughs> like celebrating it was the funniest thing dude just like just messing with her like just like throwing the ball at her face and she's like trying to catch it like this and her hands going like <laughs> Or like oh, sometimes shoot. during BP, or in Seattle though too, um, power shagging is great because out there in the left center, the fence is short enough. Right. And the fans sit like right in that little like beer garden right. thing right, right there. And so if there's ever a home run that's hit in there, like I'm trying to like climb the wall and rob they it. And they're it, yeah. trying to catch it and then they're yelling, oh, that's our ball power or whatever. And so just like going back and forth with those, like with that's those cool. fans, like having fun with it. Um, so those are probably my two like favorite fan interaction ones. At home, it's, it's not as good at home because, like, you take BP so early. Yeah, and the fans, fans aren't good in the stadium yet, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so a lot of times, like, I'll run off the field at home, and, like, there's no one even there to ask autograph or talk or to. Even or even throw a ball, too. Right, exactly, that. you know? There's, like, the random, like, somehow, like, five or six fans get in that, like, are always there and, yeah. like, want to catch the home runs. Like, you have 70 balls, dude. Like, right. I've flipped you five balls over the past week. I can yeah. remember you. <laughs> yeah. You can't. You're not going home with an empty hand. Yeah. Um, Have you been to San Fran that much? I played there once. I hear it's just that awesome. That was fun. Yeah. Um, so we, I think it was in 16. I'm pretty, yeah, in fact, I know it was in 16. We go to the All-Star break um, and we come out with Oakland and San Fran. Mm -hmm. And they're like the two worst teams in the league. Like they're both terrible that year. Right. And uh, so we go to Oakland and we get swept. Like not even just swept, just abused. Just smacked, yeah. And then we're still in, we're staying at the same hotel in San Francisco mm -hmm. and we go play the Giants. And we lose the first one and we lose the second one. And like we ended up squeaking out the third one. Okay. So, but like we couldn't really. There wasn't a whole lot of like good vibes right. going right. around while we were there. We were just getting bludgeoned. Yeah. And we were a really good team that year. And it was like, we hadn't had a losing streak or anything like that. And it's, you know, yeah. There's but, a guy out there in San Fran. I can't remember his name, but I always talk to him when we play him. He has a, it looks like the bottom of a crock pot that he has taken like these bungee cords and drilled through and has the bungee cords running through it. If a ball comes rolling by, he takes this thing and like throws it down on the field on top of the ball and the ball pops through the bungee cords and stays in there and he pulls it oh. back up by rope. So that's pretty smart. Okay, so story behind this, I'm running around there. This is probably like 13, 12 or 13. Mm -hmm. 
and I see I these mean, guys back, like, right right in the middle of their like, right in the middle of BP. Yeah, yeah right in the middle when they're, they're doing yeah, yeah. really well. And he's like throwing down, like getting all these balls and everything. I'm like, all right, I'm going to just absolutely have some fun with this. Yeah. He throws it down, and I didn't hear how loud it was when it hit, or I would have not done this. I run over and try to punt this thing Uh-oh. like it's a 50-yard field goal. <laughs> I somehow don't break my toes on this, but just, I mean, come up limp for the next like five minutes. And he's up there laughing at me about it. But you've got people that have um, like the extensions to put in like overhead light bulbs. Mm-hmm. They're trying to stab balls out there. People are running by, kicking yeah. them and snap. It's, just have fun with it. But like they yell at you and then you're flipping them a ball and they love you. Mm-hmm. Um, you take one away and they, they're, they're barking at you a little bit and stuff. You know, kind of like our little visitor. We got yeah. Up there. yeah. Let's get that guy something to eat. Yeah, bring him on down. Yeah. We got a salad for him. Yeah, exactly. We got one <laughs> left over in the back, little guy. But uh, they just go crazy, you know, and just have so much fun with it and stuff. But they're, I really, that's one of my places I really enjoy BP at. Yeah. I stay in my, in my old room. That's uh, cool. Yeah. Still decorated with, like, stuff that I've, like, drew in high school. I used to make, like, origami and stuff like that. Oh, good. Like, there's, like, the whole showcase of, uh, of all my origami things that I made. And, um, all right. We're good. All right. We have the Wall of Fame, like with all my jerseys yep. that I like, the teams that I enjoyed playing on, and then we have the Wall of Shame, oh, really? like yeah, <laughs> but, like the teams that I didn't like playing on, just okay. like you know get them over there. But yeah, my uh, yeah, my favorite, my favorite time of the year, Christmas when I get to go home and hang out with the family. And there you go, everybody. I'm super close to my family, so I'm the same way. I actually live. 10 minutes away from where I grew up, like actually oh, okay. 10 minutes away from the house. Um, and like you said, you go back, like my room's still the same, has mm-hmm. all the stuff in it. And now it's basically where my son's gonna, you know, do all his stuff. Like if he wants to take a nap in there when he's visiting grandma and grandpa, mm-hmm. right? he just chills in there. Um, my dad still to this day, we in, down in the basement, um, it was basically called the baseball room. Like you had a, a tee down there, you could do soft toss, all this other stuff. Um, he That's has sick. left all that up, and he's like, oh, Drew, maybe Drew's wanting to do that later on. I was like, yeah, might as well leave it up. Yeah. He does, great. He's got a spot already. You don't have to redo it. That's awesome. How'd, uh, how'd you get started with baseball? Like, what hooked you on the game? I don't remember. I, I just know that you know, I could always throw, mm-hmm. and I remember my dad coming home from work, and I was young, like really young, and I'd be waiting for him on the, the front porch with both of our gloves, and it's just what we did. You know, he was coming home. He had worked in the coal mines, and um, during Your that time, dad was a coal miner. He was a coal miner at first, which, which was crazy, especially as tall as he was, because he was a mechanical engineer, like you and I had talked before. Mm-hmm. So he did, you know, worked on like a lot of the um, machinery as far as like the belts, getting the coal out of the mines and everything, helped design some of that stuff. But then once the coal mine started shutting down, he ended up going to an aluminum plant. And uh, worked there the remaining you know twenty some years and just retired from there in two thousand fourteen. So wow, yeah, he's he's enjoying it now. What a what a trajectory, what a career trajectory. Mm-hmm. Coal mining. That's a. I mean, that's a that's a hard yes. That's a hard labor job right and there's a lot of like a lot of my family that have done it too my uncle has been 
coal miner basically since he got out of high school. You know, have you ever have you ever been in the mine? I've got to go in one mine. It was they actually have an exhibit um, mine that they have in the southern part of the state, down near like you never had to play in that league in the Appy League, but it's near Beckley, West Virginia. It's clear in the southern part of the state. They take you in. They they show you different things that how they used to mine coal back in the 1800s, early 1900s, and then um, you know kind of how it's gotten more modernized. Yeah. One of the craziest things though is they'll show you, they'll talk to you, and they'll ask, you know, have you ever seen you know really really dark black for like the darkest night you've ever seen? And everybody's like, oh, it was this time, it was this, it was out in the country. And they said, hold on, they hit the lights. You cannot see your hand in front of your face, wave it, anything. And it is one of the creepiest darks you've ever been in in your life. Have, and, you, have you heard of those, um, like the soundproof or the completely silent rooms? Mm-hmm. Have you ever been in one of those? Mm-hmm. I want to do that so bad. Because everyone says you can't make it like X amount of time before you go crazy. Really? Because like, you start like, you can hear your heart pumping and you right. can hear the blood like, Pulsing like inside your body, like that's no kidding. Yeah, dude, I, that's why I want to try it. It sounds shot. so trippy. Yeah, like I gotta imagine that's kind of what it's like, like just having one of your senses be completely just gone. completely gone. Yeah, because there's an old saying. I think it's if you spend a certain, I don't know if it's an hour or longer, in complete darkness, like you'll start hallucinating, seeing things, and there's talk of old miners going crazy because their their lamps went out or something. Yeah. Huh. So what's the what's the schedule like for a coal miner? Like, like as far as you're concerned, you're growing up. Like, is your dad home a lot, or um, is he? Thankfully, he did a lot of like um, it was more eight to five. There oh. are a lot of them that do like swing shifts. They'll go twelve to twelve, you know, and, and stuff like that. It'll be twelve hour shifts, twelve on, twelve off, you know, doing stuff like that. Sometimes they'll get weekends off, and then some of the crazy shifts they'll go. This was back before a lot of regulations were going on. There were some miners that were going like 24 straight hours under the Like stupid stuff. So when you see like, when you see some of these stories on the news about miners being trapped and stuff, does that kind of hit close to it home hits for home. you? It yeah. hits home just because knowing a lot of friends that I went to high school with are doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, thankfully a lot of the, the regulations back home are more uh, strict than they are in like Chile. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's, it's a little bit, you know, of a different right, scenario right. there. But still, you know, you feel for the families and stuff because it's one of the most dangerous jobs. No doubt. I mean, just, just from the fact of, like, all the dust and stuff that you're breathing mm-hmm. in. And, I mean, anytime you're under, <clears throat> underground that far, like, yeah. so much stuff can go wrong. It's yeah, it's crazy. not like helps there, you know, quick either. You know, you see some no. of these collapses and it's taking people, you know, days, weeks to get them out. It's crazy. So they take, I mean, obviously they're used to just working shifts. Do they take lunch down? They yep. like, so they just take their food down Everything's the line. Down there. They yep. go, interesting. So it's lunch, a lunch box. A true lunch box, yep. Yeah, yep. That's pretty cool. Is that somewhere where like your work ethic comes from, you think? Yes. I would say that's where a lot of it comes from. Just because, um, because of that, having more of a, a workman attitude about it. Yeah. Um, but my dad played college basketball too. So like that, there's some, um, some of it's drawn from that too. So, but, but watching, 
watch my dad have to go to work, just like you watch yours go to work, you know, every morning, come home, bust his butt, and then he's there for your games, there for right. your practices. You know, that's that's something that helps drive, I guarantee drives you, it drives me too. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you grow up looking up to your dad. Oh, 100%. It's like your dad is the the best. He's the model. Like, he's, he's everything, mm -hmm. you know. He's like the best guy around. He's like just the coolest guy or everything, you know. So you try to emulate him. You try to, like, follow along. Basically, yep. Yeah, I can't even, can't even imagine, like, not having, like, any sort of different relationship, like, mm -hmm. than the one I have with my dad, you know? He helps out with literally, like, just everything. It's yeah. like, I love that interaction <clears throat> when you got him the truck. Like, that just, that yeah. really hit home with me because, you know, that's just something that I think every son wants to be able to do for their dad. Yeah. And just to get to see that, because... That's a lot that people don't get to see that side of you. Yeah. You know, and that was really, really cool. And that was a side that everybody's like, you know, okay. He's so, so that video turned out really well. Uh-huh. But getting to that point was so difficult. Okay. Because my dad is a man of routine. And I knew, so I, I look at him like, okay, he's going to do this. He's going to do this. He's going to do this. And he's going to do that. Right. He lovingly refers to himself as a pack mule that just like <laughs> travels the same route or a plow horse, one of the two, he just right. travels the same route and then like walks back and that's what he does. So I was like, I got it. He's going to do this. He's going to go to work. I'm going to go here and pick the truck up. He's going to come back home. I'll park it a block away. He'll never know. Right. He'll be in here packing for this. I'm going to walk over. I'm going to pull, like I had the whole thing planned out, you know, okay. it's like, it's going to be 4.30, I got the camera placements here, here, we're going to park it in the garage, he's going to walk around the corner and see it, and the whole deal. And then, of course, <laughs> he just completely, completely breaks routine mm. for the entire day. Ugh. Like, not one thing was consistent. <laughs> so it was like, when he was supposed to be going here, he's like, oh, I'm going to stay home, I got to get this done. I'm like, ah, oh, shoot, okay, I'm going to do this instead. It's fine, I got it. And I'm like, okay, so I start doing that. And he's like, hey, I need you to meet uh, me and your mom over at this place. I'm like, well, I'm in the new truck. I can't just meet him over right. there. So I'm like, okay, pull it over here, get an Uber to the place. <laughs> like somehow like disguise the fact that I'm not there. I'm like, oh, like, right. I met up with my buddy. He dropped me off, like whatever. Right. <laughs> just wheeling and dealing the whole day. Finally, like at whatever, nine o'clock at night or whatever it ended up being, it was dark. Um, I finally get him like to, all right, you know, out we go. And it's like one of the cameras like wasn't set yet because it was all rushed and I'm like following it. My mom was supposed to follow behind the two of us to get like okay. the wide shot of everything. And like she was in a different part of the house when he started walking out the house. I'm like, I'm like trying to yell like or talk kind of loudly to so let her know that like he's going out, but without letting him know that I'm letting her know. And like right. the whole, so like the video comes together and it looks like, clean right but it's just such a mess behind the scenes <laughs> <laughs> but that yeah dude i watch that video all the time it makes me so happy it's like some of his little quotes like completely like when you catch someone off guard like that and they like revert back to exactly like just their core nature mm -hmm. you know exactly who they are like completely unguarded all that stuff and uh he just like some of the little things he said in the comments like 
oh, it's a Tacoma. I like Tacomas. <laughs> like, it's just like, you can tell his brain's going like a bunch of different places and like, right. he doesn't even realize like what truck it is yet. And like, one of the first things he said though, was like, where's my glove? Cause he keeps his glove <laughs> in his truck and then like he, he's like oh i don't have my glove and i mean he, he might use his glove three times a year right when, when i'm playing catch with him you know he uses it all the time he, he gives pitching lessons and stuff oh, like nice. that with my well actually my pitching coach growing up jim wagner okay my dad now gives pitching lessons with jim and they help they teach kids and stuff like that so my dad's always using his glove but like in that situation, like you just immediately thought like, that's what oh, he went no, to. Where's my glove? You know, and you can tell how deep like the important stuff. Yeah, yeah, playing catch with your son, like stuff like that. So that was such a cool video. But uh, yeah, I mean, you're a car guy. Yes, very much so. Yeah, very much so. Because um, you actually recommended the um, roll and lock. Mm -hmm. uh, how you like it so cover. far? Uh, well, I would like it a lot, except I blew a tranny and my oh, no. truck is in the shop. But yeah, like you're a car guy, mm -hmm. so what's uh, what's the the pinnacle? Like, what's your like? Oof. Money's not an issue, and you get one car. What is it? See, that's the toughest thing with with being a car guy, because you have you've got a list. Um, <clears throat> for me because my dad actually had one, was a 69 Camaro. Mm -hmm. It was really nice. you know, high on the list. Um, but as far as exotics, um, I just keep falling in love with those, the Lamborghini Aventadors. Just mm -hmm. really, really, ever since I saw um, uh, Dark Knight, mm -hmm. when uh, you know mm -hmm. Christian Bale's driving around, I'm like, I need one of those. Need the to get Batmobile. one of those. Yeah, yeah. Every kid wanted the Batmobile. Why not? Yeah. I remember, and, uh, few years after the original, I think it was Batman Begins, where the tumbler, as they called it, like there was somebody over in like Britain that was building them for a million dollars. And I was like, that's a great idea. I'm making it to the big leagues. I'm buying one of those. Yeah. <laughs> no shot. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Insurance is a little high, I think. Mm. So, but um, all the associated costs. Yeah, just a touch. The shipping, you know, just be a little, a little over the top. But uh, I mean, it's a go-to. Those are mine. Yeah. You know, but it's it's fun walking into honestly some of the the big league parks, and you see guys mm. that are just love cars, and you just see some of the beautiful stuff that they have. That's uh. So when Aroldis Chapman was still with mm -hmm. the Reds every spring training, we share a complex with the Reds, mm -hmm. and so I'd be at the field, and I just hear. Ooh, yep. like okay. What's he got? Today? What have we got today? You know? <laughs> and then it's like hard to see it because it's just yeah gone. gone. But uh, I remember uh, a couple spring trainings ago, Cespedes. Yes. Had the uh, had a new car like every day. He had yeah. the he rode a horse. <laughs> what? Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I forgot all about. He rode a horse. He had like the big Hummer. He had the three the three wheeler. I don't even know mm -hmm. what those are called. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's pretty cool to see what guys like yeah. what guys come up with, and then seeing like because some guys aren't exotic fans, right? You know, but they got like the cleanest looking like whatever it is, Mercedes or mm -hmm. um, that was a big or thing. Hummer always, or, or yeah, I always enjoyed going to Colorado because. Tulo would always have something cool. Tulo would have something cool, oh. and Cargo would have something cool. And 
that go to Tampa and Longo always has something, a cool old muscle car. You know, he's got a bunch of Camaros and stuff like that. So are you more of an exotic guy or like I grew a domestic, up more, like muscle car? I grew up more on muscle cars. Yeah. But I, I really like the exotics too. Yeah. I just can't fit in all of them. Yeah, well. That's the toughest part about it. If you're getting into them, you're like, all right, let's see. I'm going to put this foot here and then I got to internally rotate that there <laughs> and duck my head like this and grab over here and try to like swing myself in. Yeah, honest to God. And then you like, you get in there like, I did it. And then you see like on the side that you like got dust and like a shoe mark on like part of the car getting in. And you're like, ah, oh, dang it. Now I got to go get this detail because yep. you can't have, you know. Nope. That's pretty crazy. But going into Detroit, I mean, back in 14 or 15, I mean, they got, you should run down the list. I mean, you got Verlander, mm -hmm. you got Miggy, Victor, yep. Prince Fielder, yep. you had Upton, yep. you had like, just like through the years, like uh, JD Martinez, like all these guys, like yeah. dudes, yep. Scherzer, Price, like, and when you walk in Detroit, <laughs> I don't know where the bus drops you guys off. Right through the parking lot. Right through yep. the parking lot. So the first spot is always just like a, I don't know whose spot it is, but it's just show. Yeah. Just Aston always Martin show. something. Aston's, Ferraris, Lambos, like trucks that I've never seen before. I don't know what the heck mm -hmm. these things are. But you know they got like a thousand horses under there. Like, yes. <laughs> and it's just, it's one of those things where you walk in and you don't want to look, right? Because you got to play it cool. You're like, you know, we're all big leaguers here, but like at the, out of the corner of your eye, you're just like walking by and you're just like staring. You're just like walk into a wall. You're like, oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then immediately go inside and go, okay, what was yep, that? Well, I want to exactly. see what that was. <laughs> I got to Google this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you, so your dad has a, what did you say he has? He, a 69 Camaro? He had one. We he actually one. rebuilt a, um, a 70 Z28 Camaro that was my mom and dad's first car. We actually just restored it um, about a year ago. And it's, um, it's basically kind of going to be a, a show car that he just drives here and there yep. um, to get it enjoy. But it's a, there's a cool story behind it because... <clears throat> My parents got married in 1977. Uh -huh. This car, of course, was you know brought out late 1970, and a couple people within the area had owned it. And my dad had always checked on wanting to get it, wanting to get it, but it always was kind of this paper trail. Okay, I got to find it. Went to this person, went to this person. Uh -huh. Finally, he goes, finds the guy that has it. Say, hey, I'd like to buy that. So he, I mean, he's all in on this. He's, he's all tracked in on it this. through like multiple multiple owners. owners. All right. So the guy's like, oh, well. I, I admire the dedication. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. He's, and he's that way. So the guy goes, well, it's going to be you know, this much. You know, my dad's like, crap. You know, I'm about to get married. You can't be spending all this money. Mm -hmm. My mom, at the, you know, they're maybe a month, two months away from getting married. Mm -hmm. And my mom goes, if you want the car, I'll give you however much we're going to need. You know, and we'll just go in together. We'll get it. And... Dad's like, really? All in. They've been married for 42 years now. You yep. know, and that's one of the things he goes, I knew she was a keeper. Mm -hmm. He said, when she helped me buy that car, I knew she was a keeper. That's awesome. So it's it holds a special place within the family and everything. So that would be a tough one to get rid of if we ever did. But So my dad had a Ford Ranger, red Ford Ranger. And okay. it was the Ford logo on the back. that It wasn't the circle that says Ford right. in it. It was the F-O-R-D. Mm -hmm. And so over the years, obviously as the truck gets older, 
the sun had faded out the paint, so it was like more of a pinkish than a red, you know, right. a super faded red. And the D had actually fallen off, mm -hmm. and so it just said four on the okay. back. So I called it the pink four. Okay. And like I grew up, it was one of the, it was a two seat. It was technically a four seater, but it was like the two seats up front, and then it had like the side, yes. like the fold oh. down, like you know. They're basically so, like jump seats on an airplane. Yes, yep. exactly. And so my sister and I would end up sitting back there, and my mom and dad would be up front mm -hmm. when we go on family like dinner or whatever the case is, you know. And of course, like growing up, obviously my sister and I are like just at each other all the time, you know. So we're like we're kicking each other in the back seat, and like swatting each other. Mom's reaching back trying to stop us. Dad's yelling, "Hey, stop that!" You know, and we're just don't like, make me stop. Yeah, this <laughs> the whole deal. Like you know, you grow up in that car, mm -hmm. and then like it, uh, man, uh, the California smog um, standards got like more. You know, they cracked down on smog, mm -hmm. so he had to pass smog more regularly. His get the gas tank on it kind of like, um, I don't know if it had a hole in it or a seal was broken or something, but he didn't have money at the time to get it fixed, so he's going right. to fix it himself. And then that project goes on, and this problem, and like, it just kind of like, you know, Falls faded out. Yep. Yeah. And so I remember the day that they, that he had it taken off to the scrapyard, the metal yard. And it was like such a sad, like impactful moment. Yeah. It's like, that's my childhood. Like, exactly. I don't want you to get rid of that, you yep. know? And so I can completely understand how he feels about the Buster Buggy. Yeah. You know, because it's like, that's been part of the family and part of all the stories. And like, once you name something too, oh, it's just, it it's takes part it. Of it. It is part of it. <laughs> it grips you, you oh. know? So, so what yeah. happened to the Buster Buggy, by the way? Oh, so it's a great story. Um, so my dad, Okay, so that was my first truck, okay. my first car. Right. And so when I'm in high school in 2007, I think is when I got it, but it's a 2001. Right. So my mom and I go out to a used car dealership. We find it, we think it's good, buy it. You know, I learned how to drive stick on it. I drove it through, you know, all throughout high school. Took it with me to UCLA. Took it with me to the minor leagues. Um, I almost died in that truck, actually. Uh, it was 2012, and I'm playing with Reno. We're in the championship, or we're in the playoffs, okay. and so we have a day off, and so we go up to Tahoe. One of the guys got a um, a cabin or whatever, oh, a okay. house up there. So we all hang out there, and then that night, uh, we're all we all leave the cabin and we drive over to Sacramento uh, for the for the playoff game right. next day. And so I'm supposed to start that game, so I'm driving. Well, you know, coming down there's winding roads, mm -hmm. kind of two two lanes on either side, sometimes three, but it's like you got like cliff. nothing over here, mm -hmm. and then on their side, like nothing, or like a mountainside on that side, right? but there's a cliff over here. Right. And so I'm driving down the freeway, and, uh, and I don't know what happened, but my back right tire blew. Shit. Right, so I'm, I'm driving, the back right blows, and now it's like the, the rubber's whipping around mm -hmm. and going, right? And I just immediately swerve straight towards the, the cliff. And I know you're supposed to steer with it and like kind of just keep it so you don't skid out. I'm like, I'm going right off the cliff. I'm going 75 miles an hour down the highway. Luckily, there's no one else around, right. you know? And um, so I'm going this way. I have to cut it back. Mm -hmm cut it back so the back end swerves around and now I'm going like 70 like straight into the like cement divider but at this part it's not even just a divider between lanes where like maybe you break through it or something right it's like 
there's the cliff and the oncoming traffic and then right. another little cliff and then the road right and then the, the full thing right so if i slam into this it's like just straight yeah cliff there's Good no night. give you know and so i'm headed straight for that thing and i'm like all right and i whip it back again and i'm actually I, I don't even know how it happened i got super lucky but when i whipped it back the back end like just the back left bumper mm -hmm. smashed in there and the car bounced and like that impact took a lot of the momentum oh, and nice. I, par I parallel parked it <laughs> like on the side of the freeway. Right. And so I get out and literally the only damage was a little scrape on the right, on the left side of, oh. of, the, uh, of the wheel well. Right. And the, the whole bumper was completely dented in. Right. And then the damage from the rubber hitting the, the, wheel uh, the metal wall on the, on the right side. But uh, yeah, so like I have a ton of, ton of experiences in that car and then after that and then later that off season um, I was driving and the clutch blew out in LA oh, on man. an LA freeway going up a hill and the clutch blows out and so I'm in neutral drifting up the hill like trying to get over so I don't start just like end up parked right somehow make it over and like no clutch so I have to come down and like get you know the whole deal and at that point my dad just like you got to get yourself a new car because it's like getting to the point where it's unreliable right. and you have to make it to work and all this different stuff. So I'm like, no, I want the Buster buggy. I want to keep it. Just get it fixed up. Like, I know you need a new car. I'm just, I'll just get you a new car. He's like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, I'll drive this. If I can't get to work one night, it's fine. Like, if you can't get to work, it's not. Like, you got to. So he finally convinced me. So I got um, my Silverado when he took over the Buster Buggy. Mm -hmm. And I'm still convinced to this day that he just wanted the Buster Buggy. Probably, and, yeah. and, you know, so he's been driving it since then. I mean, that was 2012, so I guess he's been driving it now seven years, six or seven years. And um, you know, obviously then it's, uh, I mean, it's 2019, and it's a 2001, 18 years old. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, it's got a couple miles on it. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, it's been, <laughs> it's been across the country... Because we used to drive it in high school from L.A. to Texas, so Ooh. like a train, okay. and then back again. It made the drive from Arizona to Mobile, for, mm -hmm. you know, when I was in Double A, but it made the drive from L.A. to Texas like three different times, like round trip. Okay. And so I mean, it's been across the country. It's been I mean, it's got I think it was like, it was well over two hundred. Um, I mean, it's amazing like how well it held up for for that much usage. Anyway, so um, my dad didn't know what to do with it when I got on the Tacoma. And so one of his kids is actually going to uh, UCLA. Okay. His name is Chucky. And so uh, my dad sold it to Chucky and calls it the Chucky Buggy. Okay. <laughs> so it's just been repurposed. <laughs> yeah. So it went from the Buster Buggy to the Chucky Buggy. Awesome. Because um, the, biggest, the biggest thing that my dad was struggling with when I got him the new one, is that he's like, well, it's the Buster Buggy, but I can't name the Tacoma the Buster Buggy because the Buster Buggy is just the Buster Buggy. Right. So what am I going to name this? we got to have a name for it because we got the Mom Mobile. Mm -hmm. You know, um, my car has been named the Buster Burner. Okay. Um, and just like uh, my sister has names for her, for all of her, mm -hmm. uh, like the, we have a truck that pulls our fifth wheel my sister drove it in high school and she called it Gerard you know, <laughs> <laughs> for whatever reason you know um, so my dad was trying to come up with a name mm -hmm. and so when he 
sold the truck to Chucky, uh, it became the Chucky buggy, and nice. so now he can then use the Buster buggy. Because I kept telling him, like, it's got to be the Buster buggy. It's your car. Yeah. You're the Buster, so the Buster buggy. Perfect. It has to be. You know. So now everything is right in the world. Yes. We got Buster buggy, and it's going back for its second dip at, at UCLA. UCLA, and yeah, so it storybook ending. Yes, for very sure. much so. So you restore, is that the only one, did you help restore it? Yeah, yeah, help is restore Is that the it. only one that you've restored? Or you That's don't... the only one we've really gotten into. So the craziest part about it is we started on this, and my dad swears it's only been a couple years, so I was like, Dad, we started on this when I was a like sophomore or junior in high school. Of course, back then, like, didn't have the money to do anything to it mm-hmm. other than just a few things here and there. Right, you and then it as, together. You're piecing it together with the stuff you got. So as times went on, you know, of course, you know, get a little bit more money, you know, as far as, you know, big league stuff like that. I told him, I was like, let's do it right. So we actually have turned this back into basically a numbers matching car, which is really hard to do, especially, you know, you know, transmissions and stuff going all over the place. And, you know, thankfully he's held on to a lot of this stuff. So some of the stuff has been repurposed or rebuilt or whatever, but it's all numbers matching, which is really cool. Um, but... Like, that's the one that we've invested the most time in right now. Like, there's a couple that later on might get into. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, that's that's kind of been the pride and joy for right now. Just really kind of went balls to the wall on it. He said, the next one, we're not going this far down. I mean, we tore this thing off the frame, like, just as far down as you could get it to try and, you know, piece it back together exactly how we wanted it to be. Where are you doing this? In your- yeah, my, my dad and mom have an actual garage that is separate from the house that um, you know has a couple cars in um, that he works on here and there, but that's taken up the most space. That's the bad thing about the restoring the cars. If you have a three-stall garage, the one car will take up all three cars. Right. All three stalls yeah. just because you're taking everything apart. But. I, that's something I would love to do once I'm done playing ball. Just because it's so much fun with him. And plus you see all this crazy stuff on, you know, Richard Rawlings down there in or in Dallas and, and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, just to be around cars, do something that I grew up getting to be around, you know, once baseball is no longer an option. You know, cars is the next, you know, the next thing in line. Mm. So that's, that's my kind of deal on it. You going to do it with your son? I'd love to. Yeah. He's already taken an interest in them. You know, thankfully he's taken an interest in the two things that I'm crazy about. You know, he's already already grabbing balls, throwing them all over the place. Yeah. He's uh, he's got a little basketball hoop there at the house that he loves playing on. You know, oh, so sick. I'm praying he plays basketball. That's what yeah. I'm you're a big about. college basketball fan, right? He, well, just like you are with Duke, I am with WVU. So. My guys aren't doing too so you know too good this year, but <laughs> yeah, past four years have been pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I know we talked about it in the offseason, but that was a stifling defense the last couple of years. It was. When was they it? have to change rules because the defense is so good, you know, the <laughs> cylinder rule, all that kind of stuff. It's like, come on. What do you got on Zion? What's going to happen there? I know that's probably a soft spot right now. You're really kind of tender, you know, but it's kind of what's your thoughts on this being a Dukey fan? All I know is that from a marketing standpoint, Whoever signs him to a shoe deal now just has to pay 
infinitely more. Yeah. Like his shoe deal, shoe deal went through the roof. Um, I've never seen that dude. No. I've never seen a, like a shoe blow out like that. Like blow out that bad. Like you'll see guys like toes come through every once in a while. Yeah. They plant like, but you also got to remember this is like 600 or sorry, 280 pounds, 6'8". And he's moving like a... Yeah, like a guard. Like a guard. It's unbelievable. He's impressive. He really, really is. And like there was that one block in the corner the one day. I was like, who does that? He's on the other side of the key. Yeah. The guy catches the ball. He takes like three steps and launches, launches. himself. And like... I Doesn't yeah. get a piece of it. He gets all ball all and sends it. Just, it. Yeah, yeah, just full send. Unbelievable. And he's talented too, man. It's not just—it's not just athletic, right? Like he's very skilled around the basket. Smart, how he passes and everything. He's a about yeah. as complete a player as you can get. Yep. And you know, people say that he can't shoot or whatever, but as soon as he spends a year in the league, yeah, and actually is in an offense where like he needs to add that to his game, mm-hmm. he's gonna be special, man. Yeah, I completely so. agree. Well, that's the other thing. You look at all these. Uh, pre-draft stuff that they go to, they can work with him on a shot. You know, that that's what they have guys, coaches that specifically come in for stuff like that. And boom, all of a sudden he's a, he's a threat, you know, from driving the ball to, you know, posting up to shooting outside shots. Yeah. yeah I mean, nasty. I mean, just look what driveline's doing with, like, training skills. Exactly. With, player, like, with baseball players. That's got to be applicable to everything else. Yeah. Like, it's exciting, man. The, the way tech is going to revolutionize just player development in all sports, it's pretty sick. I'm excited for it. That's the thing. I didn't understand how important a lot of this tech stuff has been within baseball, how it's become such a huge tool. Like you and I talked about the Edutronic, how mm-hmm. that all got started You know, from your desire to want to understand something a little bit better and look where it's done for our game in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the stuff I've done with Sam up there, like learning, okay, this is what this feels like and this is what it looks like when this feels right. Yeah, as soon as you can see something, you can immediately like- Yes, make an adjustment. Like, okay, I feel this and that's what it looks like. I, I just need to do this and you can immediately feel mm-hmm. that, you know? It's amazing. It's like being able to associate a feel with a visual. Uh, things get done so much faster. Way faster. Instead of it being, you know, you have a coach saying, oh, it looks good. Okay, well, it looks good to you, but to me it's loopy or it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's not out of the same slot. I'm, I'm dropping here on this. You know, just everybody has their own opinion on what is good. Mm-hmm. You know, and what the opinion that I honestly feel matters the most is from yourself. Is that good to you? Yeah. Do you know in your mind I'm going to be able to go in there with confidence, throw this pitch, and know it's going to be what I need it to be? Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Like you can have the best stuff, and if you're not like out there, like with an fu mindset, like yes. you're just gonna dominate a guy. You know. That's why I liked your work. Just standing there, watching what you were doing with the changeup all off season, mm-hmm. and really enjoying like the dedication that you were putting into it. Thank you. Yeah. And it was just so cool to see something like that because it was so different from what I've seen from a training standpoint. Yeah. Um, 
Thank you. And getting to be part of that is one of the really, really cool parts. And understanding, okay, this is what I need to do to be successful this year. You know, this is what you've been doing for a number of years now, why you've had the success you've had. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, want to cough it up as, oh, okay, well, he's getting comfortable. Well, it's not a, always a comfort thing. Like, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes work that goes into this. You know, and before you couldn't really quantify it. Now you can have a better understanding, okay, here's exactly why this is getting better. Yeah. Yeah, I think the comfort thing is huge, um, but like you can be comfortable and still be bad. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm very like I can be very comfortable and just Put get my five. brains beat yeah. in, you know, all the time. I've done that. I've done it. Like, hey man, I feel I feel welcome in the clubhouse. I feel you know I know the <laughs> I know the routine in the in the stadium. I know the routine after the game. I have to answer five questions about why I give up three homers. And why I have to give up seven runs, and if I'm going to get sent down or not, I know the deal. It's comfortable. I'm yeah. used to it. Yeah. You know, I still suck. Uh, yeah, that's tough. That's tough, man. But the technology that can tell you, like, yeah, you're comfortable. These things are good. Right. So you can maintain that comfort. Like, okay, like not everything is changing. You know, right. but then like this this one little part. Like, hey, let's bump it this way, bump it that way. Like this can make you better. Yeah, that's, that's the stuff that's, that's the stuff that's uh, super helpful. So you don't end up like, you don't end up getting, getting embarrassed. <laughs> and nobody wants to go out there and get embarrassed. No. Especially at this, at this level, because let me ask this, this is my take on it, but I want to ask you, yeah. um, or I have my own take, I guess I should say. What, drives you to pitch well in the big leagues? Like what is your main focus like when you're going out there? Is it because um, you want to say, I'm, I'm getting these guys out, I, I own this guy, I own this guy, I own this team, or is it a, like what, it, what drives you to be that good at baseball? Um, I honestly, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this, honestly. Okay. Because I like understanding myself and where I'm at. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have a great answer for you. The best I can come up with is that I'm just driven by achievement. Okay. And like, I mean, I'm an undersized, well, I'm not as undersized now. I'm, I put on a decent Thanks, amount man. of weight. Um, but I was always an undersized variety and definitely under athletic. Like I'm not at all an athletic specimen. This looks awesome. This look really good. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so I think just the ability, like proving to myself that I can achieve something through just sheer like hours spent and intellect and stuff like that. It's almost like a, it's a challenge for sure, but it's almost a puzzle of like, okay, well, I'm disadvantaged in these areas, but I can still make up for it in these other areas and like still find a way to like weave my way up to the, up to the top. Um, and then, so that's like overall, like why I put in work in the off season, why I spend all my time researching and all that different stuff. And then from an actual in-game standpoint, I, I hate, hate, hate losing. Like I like when I watch Duke basketball games, like I'll get so mad when they lose because I feel like I, I let myself feel like I'm like in the game with them, right. you know, and like, 
that's part of what makes being a fan so fun is you can like escape and really feel like that, you know. And then if they lose, I just like it hits me like personally. Yeah. You know, I'm like I'm just so mad. Um, I get that way on the field too. But there's so many micro wins and losses throughout a game. You know, mm-hmm. you beat a guy with a certain pitch. Um, you strike a guy out. You give up a hit. You just lost. But then you get the next guy to ground into double play, but he smoked it. Well, is that a win or a loss? I don't. So it's always this like kind of gray area, yeah. and like things kind of swing in your favor. And so it's kind of this long played out drama of like, let me see how many things I can shift into my favor. Let me like I'm disadvantaged over here, but I can I can take this thing from you, or I can take that thing from you. I can do this a little bit better. So it's almost like every game is almost a little microcosm of what my career has been right. and trying to find any little way I can like, all right, well, you know, you just smoked two balls off the wall and I gave up a run, but if I can figure out what you're thinking as a lineup and I can maneuver myself over here, maybe I can limit the damage and if I can get another couple innings in, maybe I can, you know, stuff like that, right. you know. So it's all, it's all just that competition trying to find ways to like just – be slightly better than the guy over there. And then once you're slightly better than him, slightly better than the next guy that's ahead of you and the next guy. And so that's the that's the puzzle piece and the and the competition for me is like, what's next? What's next? What's next? So it's fun. I mean just like just competing, you know. Yep. But it's it's interesting in baseball. I struggled with this for a little bit because in basketball and football and hockey, like in these sports, like if I'm competing against you, like you're gonna score a basket on me or you're not. Right. But like we're chest to chest, we're going at it. Right. In football, like if I'm competing against you, I'm trying to knock you unconscious, mm-hmm. you're trying to knock me unconscious or like beat me down the field or whatever, right? There's that physical like hockey, you're getting checked, like you're right up against the guy. There isn't that in baseball. No, there's distance. You know? And so it's like if you can't find a way to spark that same rush or like that trigger that you get when you're like right on a guy like kind of like that fight part of the fight or flight you know so i struggled for a little bit finding ways to be like as ultra competitive in that arena as i would be like right up against someone playing you know street ball or whatever the case is but then if you can flip the mindset of like you're not gonna beat me it is only me and you, right. and I'm going to embarrass you. I'm going to try to beat you as bad as I possibly can. You know, that's finally what, like, what I figured out for myself that I had to take that mindset into it in order to be successful. Right. You know? So, but uh, yeah, I guess that's a hopefully that. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> hopefully that answers some of it. Because the cool part for me, um, just like watching the stuff, how you've transitioned, and just watching you be able to not only think your way through a lineup, but then physically go and do it. Mm -hmm. Like there are a lot of, like I just take this from a reliever standpoint where we're so simple. um, It's all at that point in the back end of the game, it's like, here's my best. You're coming at me with your best. Um, It's basically like a boxing match, but it's the end of a boxing match when guys are just throwing blows back and forth. Yeah. How hard can I throw it so that you can't hit it? And it's like, how hard can you swing trying to get to my, you know, yeah. my hard stuff? Yeah. Where you go through an entire uh, plan during three times, you know, four times through the order, mm-hmm. where you're like, okay, I'm setting this guy up for later in the game. I can get him out with these two pitches, so I can use my 
bread and butter in the third and fourth time I might have to face yeah. him. Like that's something that I I respect so much and I am so envious of because it just amazes me, like watching a guy do that. As a catcher, I got to be a part of that, but as a reliever, you're just kind of like, all right, yeah, oh, I see go. what he's doing. All right, well, all right, my turn. All yeah. right, I'm going to shove it down your throat. Here yeah. we go. Yeah. All right, so I got a couple questions. Let's see them. At the end, um, if you're to charge the mound or someone charges the mound on you, right? <laughs> okay. Like, how, how does that, how's that going to play out? Is that, first off, have you ever been a part of that? The closest I've ever been a part of that, um, I was asked, I'm sorry, I was told to hit a certain player on the Rockies. <laughs> um, I won't throw a bunch of names out there, but it partook. I got the job done. Um, he wasn't real happy about it, but nothing really transpired from him. Actually transpired from their manager at the time who wasn't extremely happy. Mm-hmm. And he comes rushing out there and I thought, I'm about to get in a fight with the manager. This is going to be great. <laughs> yeah, can't wait to see how this goes. But um, I, I just know from a um, standpoint of being a little bit bigger on the mound and not really caring yeah. It's going to be like a mix, I think, between like Farnsworth when he's like planting a guy. Yeah, was that Whoa. Paul uh, was it Wilson, maybe? I don't know. I, I can't remember. His I name. know Farnsworth and I Farnsworth, see it, and it in was my head. With the Reds. So <laughs> I, I can remember. I think Paul was his first name. I can't remember his last name. But I just remember him like hit, lift, and just burying him. I was like, that'd be a great idea, except if it's like Miggy. Or if it's Prince, <laughs> or if it's like Gaddis, or somebody like that. If it was Gaddis, he'd probably come out and give me a hug. Yeah. But um, like I think along those lines, I guess because just try to like, you know, be aggressive in the situation, like take control of it. But then I'm worried about, okay, here comes the other 25 guys, and they're gonna be right. on top of me. This is gonna be bad. But you're going, you're going straight in. You're, I'm going you're straight. Wrapping in. Like, up and, and I'm not. The, I can't be the guy to like go to the back of the mound and like wait on my teammates. No, I can't do that. Yeah. Like, I initiated this, I'm going to go take care of it. Yeah. And that's the same thing like with the catcher. And it's funny because Gaddis and I had this conversation. I think I was going to tell you about that. Um, he would go around the locker room and ask guys, hey, if something happens, you know, I'll go out and grab and make sure that nothing happens. And he gets to me and he kind of looks at me. I look at him and I said, what Gaddy? He goes, well, I kind of want to ask you, but I think I know the answer. <laughs> I said, what, what do you think the answer is? He goes, the answer is I'm going to sit back and watch, see what happens first. <laughs> and come, out, come out if it gets bad. I was like, perfect. That's all I'm asking for. Give me a chance oh, first. That's awesome. All what, right. would be, what would be yours? I want to hear yours. Oh, man. So you obviously never know what you're going to do. Until, right. like Because you can plan it all out, and then who knows. Yeah. Um, but I'm... Yeah, so guy's coming out. I'm waiting until he's about 10 feet from me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take my glove off. Um, and when he gets about 10 feet, I'm just going to loft it. Just kind of like just up towards, you know, mm-hmm. not throw it. I'm not trying to chuck it and hit him with it or anything like that. I'm just lofting it mm-hmm. so that he has to like, his eyes see it or he has to deflect it or whatever. It's just right. a distraction. And as soon as I loft it, I'm stepping in with a cleat to the front knee. Straight to the noise. Straight, yeah, just straight in. <laughs> Like loft, and then you're coming out at me. Let's go. Oh. We're throwing down. <laughs> so I mean, hopefully, hopefully I never have to. Hopefully, you don't have to worry about hopefully that. Hopefully, I have to, don't have to go there. You don't see it a whole lot anymore. No, I you really like don't. Guys respect each other. Yeah. You know. But uh, if it ever comes to that, that's what I got in my head. And I'll probably end up just like 
standing there not knowing what's going on and like trying to duck a punch or something. Yeah. Probably, but. Just make them miss. That's the yeah. big thing. Just make them miss. Yeah, that's how I romanticize it in my head. Yeah, it happens. But, uh, all right, last one for you. All right. You're sitting, you're sitting down with someone that knows nothing about minor league baseball. Oh, boy. And you can tell them one story to explain minor league baseball to them. What do you got? Wow. Like, like the, most, the most minor league of all minor league stories that you got. So we're on a trip. We just get off. Uh, where were we? I can't remember where we were. We're on a bus. And there's something wrong with the bus. Like, first off, like, you think, okay, this group's in. They have a bus. It's going to be work, perfect working order. But no, we get on this bus, and it is going 10 miles an hour down the road. Mm. Like, something's wrong. This trip should take maybe an hour and a half. It's, we are two hours into this trip. We're 20 miles down the road. We're going, you know, we're telling the bus driver, dude, call your bus depot. Get another bus out here. This ain't working. We're not making it by game time. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yep. and, and he is just trying to just power through it. He's just got this thing to the floor, like won't come out of first gear or something like that. And he's just grinding it, grinding it. And we're in the back just wearing him out the whole time. And it's just so frustrating because you know what's wrong with the entire situation, but you have somebody that's so hard-headed that will not give in. Mm -hmm. And it's just one of those demoralizing things where you're just like, we can fix this. We can really fix this situation. But all parties involved are just like, no, <laughs> screw it. This is a great idea. Let's, let's do this. So we came up with the idea that the team that we were getting ready to play kind of set this up where we were just having this terrible bus, terrible bus driver, and we're getting there at just at game time to basically strap it on, go out, and get our brains beat in. Mm -hmm. Like, this is just the type of life we live. It is indentured servitude, mm -hmm. and you're just going to wear it today. Mm -hmm. Just strap it on, here it comes. Yep, and you just wear it. Oh, it, it's just... just wear it. that's, a, that's a good one. It's frustrating. There's so, there's so many, yeah, exactly. There's the emotions, you're frustrated. There's like an easy solution, but like you just can't, nothing you try ever works. Mm -hmm. Like, that, yeah, it's pretty good. That's a good one. Uh, and there's nothing more frustrating, honestly, especially as a starter. Like as a bullpen guy, like you, pan like you embrace the panic. I'm sure as a starter, you have such a routine mm. that if you get out of that, you're going, Shit, 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 shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> no doubt about that. Yeah. That's probably a pretty good place to pretty good place to cut it. I like it. Yeah. No, but seriously, uh, I do appreciate you coming out. It's sure. been great. This was fun. Yeah. We should do it again. Sit this down. is the stuff that like I was hoping to get to do up at Driveline, but I know you're like so busy and you had a bunch of people there with you and yeah. it just uh, like this is Kind of a setting that, like, when I talked with Sam, he said, do this. When things are going like this in the off season, we have all of our big league guys come in. He said, it's a lot of fun. Guys are hanging out. Yeah. And, like, that's the stuff that I wanted to kind of get into. Were yeah. there not that many guys that really came in this off season? Because I know Otto wasn't going to come back because he's doing all his stuff in New York. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, he's running people off because he's just rage monstering people. <laughs> yeah, no, I think a, a lot of guys were um, kind of coming in and out. You know, okay. there wasn't as many guys that kind of like just sat there and you know were there all off season. Right. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad we got to connect now and absolutely shoot the shit and uh, obviously do it do it again. Whatever. Now we can just again. get the Indians to buy in on this. Like, we can really have a lot of fun with this. <laughs> and that's a wrap on this episode of Bauer Bites. Joining me next time is Mike Clevenger, big hair model and abuser of coffee. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at watch underscore momentum and subscribe to our YouTube page, Watch Momentum, for more behind-the-scenes, player-driven content. Be kind, have a wonderful day, and I'll catch you all right here for the next episode of the Bauer Bites Podcast.